straight riffing is filmed in front of a live internet audience. I am riffing. Mitch is riffing. What more can I say? Straight riffing. Do you know how fucking desperate I am for some comfort in my life? I need that pillow. This show is intended for mature audiences only. I've seen a lot of this. I don't know how much more disgusting this experience could get. Are you really not having a good time? I'm having a fantastic time. I just can't believe how disgusting you are. I kept yelling, I'm, I'm not going to whip my dick out. We talked about that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Featuring your host, Mitch Marzoni. I don't walk around going like, hey, I'm really weird. Look at me, I'm weird. As far as I'm concerned, I'm perfectly normal. It's uh, it's a litmus test for creepy people. Teddy Tuxin. I'm a hate mercenary. Yeah. All right. All right. Hate mercenary. Hate, hate, hate for hire. Hate for hire. I should put on a bit of sky. There are two victimless crimes, all right? One, jerking off when your window's open. Two, <laughs> necrophilia. I'm confessing to a large-scale crime. Okay. Right. All right. Legs akimbo engaged in sexual discourse. Come on, man. What kind of guest are you? It's archive for posterity. Great internet. So, uh, it'll, uh, it'll come back to haunt you every day. It's time to... All right. That is correct, bitches and motherfuckers. It is time to riff the fuck on. Uh, you may notice uh, it looks a little strange tonight because there's no black man on the screen. Um, Close enough. Just an Armenian. <laughs> Tonight's an Armenian. Teddy was uh, out of town. Still sort of is. We're, we're actually, he's uh, MIA. We're, we're not sure where Teddy is. We're not really sure where Teddy went. Uh, he should be, theoretically, he should be in town. That's not uh, for us to know, Mitch. Yeah, some things are better left as a as a mystery. You know, a mystery is something to just sort of you know ruminate on. But there he is mind. in the corner. He's always he's always there. Hater yeah. for hire. So yeah. I, as a right. matter of fact, during the entire show, if you wanna yeah. if you wanna tweet him, he he will he will hate for hire. Good plan. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah, you could just yell at him all day. Where are you, fucker? <laughs> So I want to start off. Let's talk about our mandate on Saturday that we had. Oh, there. that's right, we did. We had uh, Justin and I had a hell of a hell of a mandate. We did. We uh, we went out together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He picked me up. He was a yeah. real gentleman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even put any moves on him. I was really uh, no. He he knew that I had a three date rule, but uh, he took me yeah. to Todd Glass. That was yeah. quite the performance. Yeah. And we had the opportunity to go see uh, Todd Glass film his first hour if for for what we don't know <clears throat> yeah yeah um well i'm gonna i'm gonna back up because uh, you see what happened see i went to meet justin uh he was performing at formosa cafe that's out right. there in hollywood that's right that's right and, oh that's uh, right yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. tell the now, whole story now you're like <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that's oh. right oh something oh. else happened as well oh, didn't that's it? right yes. yeah no no this is a good story go ahead and tell the whole thing so uh, I go to Formosa fill in for to see uh, to see Justin Ruppel there. As I figure, hey, I may as well watch him perform before we go watch Todd Glass kick some ass. And um, uh, I get there. Interestingly enough, the Todd Glass show was at seven and ten. I had tickets for the seven p.m. show, and I wanted tickets for the ten p.m. show. Uh, as Justin would later inform me, they don't really give a shit if you've even bought tickets. Nope. Uh, I showed up. I wasn't even on the will call list for nope. some reason. No name. I bought my tickets two months ago. Wasn't even on the damn list. Nope. And um, we and, still walked in. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, and the lady was like, she just handed me a ticket. I said, I have two. And she goes, Oh, you want another one? And handed me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, Can I trade these for ten o'clock? Uh, she goes, Yeah, just come back at ten o'clock. Oh, well, let's do that then. So that's when I called Justin. Said, Hey, you want to? So uh, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna be at Formosa if you want to hang out. Good idea. So I go over to Formosa. 
there on uh, La Brea in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Good little place if you're if you're local. <laughs> it's a great great type time for uh, comedy. Great, it's a throwback. It's a throwback. Yeah, it's a little speakeasy. It's nice. It's outdoors. You can smoke oh, while you're on stage, which nice. is uh, wonderful. You can also smoke. At, I mean, it's all outside, but it's right. but it's in a it's in a, it's in like a, a covered patio. It's in right, a, it, it, which sounds way worse than it is. Right, it feels like you're inside. No, absolutely. It doesn't feel like you're it, sitting on it, a patio. It, it's never cool in there. You don't have to bring a jacket. Yeah, you know, it's fine. It's yeah. it's really great. They got ceiling fans. It's nice. So I show up, and uh, TK is running the show. Our friend TK. TK. Yep. And. Uh, <laughs> Hilariously, uh, one of the comics, I think the the guy who was supposed to headline, I, I believe, or close out the show anyway, um, was also going to Todd Glass and could not make this show. That's correct. He went to the 7 o'clock. Yeah, he was all excited to go to the 7 o'clock show, which Todd Glass would later tell us was the was the bad show. Yep. The bad show. Made it very clear. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, I, I felt that in advance. That's why I thought 10 o'clock show, that's the one you want to hit. 7 o'clock show in L.A., still light outside, still hot. People yeah. are still feeling not drunk. Yeah, definitely. The people who are real cool waited till 8.30, 9 o'clock to make their decision. The 7 o'clock crowd is like, oh, we're just off work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway. So so, uh, so TK uh, says, hey, you want to close out the show? Uh, yeah. And I says, uh, yes, I says. <laughs> so I'm all excited. All right, I get to perform because uh, I've never performed at the Forboza and uh, a lot of friends there, so that was cool. That's right. Um. And uh, Justin got up and did a, a great, great opening set, and it Hosted. was it was a rare, uh, rare moment of uh, I don't want to say vulnerability, but he he was really opening up up there, which I like to see. Yeah, it was pretty. If you rare. want to talk about that, feel free. I <laughs> uh, or like how how you felt about. I that. I don't I don't know what happened. I won't. You know, I, I like to. I'll do the joke later in time. But I basically sure. went into. I I was just talking about the fact that I have a day job and somehow it, I let slip how much student debt I really had. Right, right. And I've never been that honest about something like that on stage. I mean, you know, you know, you on the other hand are a 10 times more honest and I've I've skirted the subjects vaguely in my life. I've never been You know, I got to say, I got to say uh I think I've only mentioned having a job on stage once. So if that makes you I mean no I mean well, certain things I'm not honest about so I mean yeah I'm with you well yeah with but you. what I'm saying yeah. is you know that's you know when you're a comedian certain parts of you always want to be really guarded about the fact that you have a day job or what you do with it you know and for some reason I let go why I have a day job and why I do it and it was rare but yeah. that wasn't the highlight of the night. No, no. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't feel like it was. Uh, because uh, I, I, I will tell you what, I'll take it from here. Oh, which, okay. Because uh, I have my own story, so I'll fill in details. So, uh, so up walks you than me. Up walks uh, Mitch. I give him a fantastic opening, as I, as I should. As he does. He's very as, good. As I do. And uh, I prepared. He even plugged them. the podcast, which was I good. plugged the podcast. That's that was, right. That was I wonderful. didn't say I was going to be on it. Just surprise. Surprise. Surprise, bitches. bitches. Come up off that. As Teddy would say. Yeah. Uh, but a lot cooler. See if I have my... Uh, <laughs> Do you got a Teddy sound? Hey, where are the white women at? There we go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if, you want it, if you want it to feel like he's here. That's right. Come on, man. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. what I wanted to hear. All right. All right. So uh, up walks Mitch. And in uh, in perfect Mitch fashion, because it is the Formosa, it's the first time I've seen him have the ability to do this. He 
lights his cigarette as customary to uh, Reverend Mitch, uh, dis- you know, disposing information to the to the public, and proceeds to, in ten minutes, summon four applause breaks, uh, while never stopping. I mean. To put it lightly, I, I stop for the applause breaks. So he, <laughs> he slowly, slowly humped the audience into submission because most of them needed needed a break. Like I was doubled over, and I've seen I've seen you, yeah, yeah, so many times. But yeah. it didn't matter because for some reason, it, last night this this night he f- just it, it was like the like somebody like. You took yourself over on stage. It was pretty fantastic. Anyway, Slade, he caught it on tape. That's just just saying. Yeah, well, audio. I should have probably uh, set up a video, but you know what? I didn't fucking. I was going up that night. So. And you, you know, I'm I, I'm pretty sparing with the compliments. But yeah, yeah. people, he he killed it. He killed well, I appreciate it. that immensely. He killed it. The the highlight for that moment for me was that um, prior to going up on stage, I knew I had to close out my bar tab because Justin and I had to run to right. Todd Glass right. shortly thereafter. Right. Right, and, I remember um, that. Yeah. So I was like, well, I better close out my tab. And I'm sitting next to the bar, and Correct. I noticed the front table right in front of the stage uh, cleared out. It was a female comedian and a bunch of her friends, and they just left. And so I was like, sweet, open table. So I went, grabbed it, put my drinks down, my smokes down. I was like, I claim this table. Four seats for me. And then I get back up, and I go to pay my tab uh, or close out my tab. And some woman sits down at the table. And uh, this is... This may not, you may not have caught all of this, but it was pretty funny, and it's unfortunate I can't do a visual uh, given my uh, given my camera angle. I'll see if I can do it. But basically, <clears throat> I sat down, and she didn't look at me per se. She just saw that I lit a cigarette, and she did the like like this this pimp mama thing where she just kind of put her hand out like this, oh, like, like as if she was already smoking. Excuse me, yes, right, and then turned to me, and she kind of went, you know, like. Did the two finger like give yeah, me one give of me those? One of those, yeah. And I was like, all right. So I gave her a cigarette, and she goes like this, and just holds a cigarette out in her mouth, like now I need a light. Right. No words. No Jeez. words. Didn't even look at me, mind you. She's still staring at the stage. She just kind of does this, and I was like, I let her cigarette, and she kind of gave me a head nod right. as if to say thanks. Right. And went back to watching the show. There was two more comedians before me, something like that. So I'm just standing there, or sitting there rather. We're having a good. We're having a good laugh. Oh, I remember <laughs> what's coming. I remember what's coming. So uh, that happens, and uh, then then Justin calls my name to go up, and uh, that's when I stand up, and I saw her kind of turn as if to be like, "Oh, you're gonna leave during the headliner." I could I could see it in her eyes. She right, was like, "What right. a dick leaving during the headliner," and then I walked past her, and I saw her kind of give this incredulous, "Not this guy." Um, I did the the set that Justin previously described. Um, it was a it was an interesting moment because I had uh, I dropped I was I was down to last like few drags of my cigarette. I I didn't even know if I was going to light up another one, but I dropped it and I was like, well, now I need another cigarette, um, which requires asking this girl for my cigarettes. Who who mind you, people it, it, in in the Formosa Cafe, it seats forty. But it seats thirty six comfortably, and there was a good thirty people. So people Easy. were well. It was not. I mean, I was literally peep, standing up the, by the bar. The the the, no the, the, the seat the bar, or I mean, the bar is small, and the stage is even smaller. It is the size of the desk that Mitch is sitting on right now, 
And so keep in mind that right up next to the stage is where she's sitting. Hold on. I need to uh, queue up something real quick. Fuck. Why is it not playing? Just pissing me off. Hold on. Just trying to queue up a, 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 a sample here. If you will, all right, of that moment, and uh, for some reason, it doesn't want to play. It well, just, I'm still saying, go ahead, go ahead, do you think? So, she's literally oh, sitting one and a half feet from the stage, <clears throat> so she's basically looking up at the stage the whole time and sitting and 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 judgingly looking up at him as he goes onto the stage, <laughs> as if to say. Oh really? This guy. This guy is seriously the guy who's he's gonna he's gonna do this. Yeah, I yeah. you know so So this is the part is really awkward knock knock jokes and punched me in the dick. They were like, Holy shit, that's terrible. When's he performing again? Okay, so this what happened was I dropped the cigarette right at about this point and then Yeah, I, it flew out of his hand. Flew out, and uh, so I looked down, and I, I was thinking I need to grab my cigarettes. But the girl was sitting right next to him, and she'd been she already bummed a cigarette that's while right. I was up she, there. So. That's that's where the story that previously told. Yeah, yeah. Can I get my smoke from you? Sorry. I saw you bum once. I feel like it's okay to ask you for my own cigarettes. People are gonna think we're dating you, aren't they? <laughs> That's how sarcasm works. He's like, my boyfriend's in the back. He'll kill you after the show. Okay, so that was that. So I basically made a made a joke because when I said, uh, "I feel like it's okay to ask for my own cigarettes," she sort of looked embarrassed, and I felt bad. But right. then she she was very nice about it. She not only handed me a cigarette out of my pack, but then lit it for me. Right. And I just thought, that's so, so sweet of her. And that's why I said, you know, really, people are now going to think we're dating. And she, you heard, I don't know if you could hear the little laugh. She kind of, <laughs> and I was like, it was a very uncomfortable laugh. Yeah. Uh, thinking to myself, because I was, I was thinking like, hey, she's got to have like a boyfriend here right, right. now. And this is, uh, this is very, I'm going to get killed when I get up. That's why you said it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, I do my set. <clears throat> I get off the stage. I, I go to the table to collect my things, and this girl's now staring at me. And she goes, "I had, I didn't know, I had no idea I was sitting next to the headliner all night." And I was like, "I didn't know I was going to be the headliner until like I got here." So <laughs> that makes two of us, you know. And she was, you know, kind of she was shaking my hand, one hand with both of her hands, kind of doing this wrapped around thing. Right. And yeah, it was a good moment for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself if I don't say something. So I was like, "What's your name?" You know, we kind of talk very briefly and all this. And then uh, somebody else, some guy walked up to her, and I think he was hitting on her, but I wasn't sure, so right. I didn't want to like you know cock block or anything. So I was just like, "Oh, I see you're you're busy." And she goes, "No, no." And she's like holding her phone, like kind of talking to this dude. And I'm like, "Oh, they're exchanging numbers. I'll you know leave you alone or whatever." And she's still kind of like talking to me and complimenting my set, completely ignoring this guy, which was confusing again because she's holding the phone. Right. So I was like, we should go out sometime. She goes, yeah, I think so. And I was like, okay, well, I have to run. Otherwise, I would do the whole number exchange thing. So I'm just, I'll give you my card. That's right. Hit me up and 
So that was that. And uh, it was an exciting moment. I never get hit on after I get off stage. So it was, it was well, cool for me. Here the, comes the funny. Here comes here the funny comes you don't know about. All right. Here comes the, uh, the... I don't know about it? You don't know about this next part. I don't know about this. This next, next part. This and I'm next excited part. to hear it, Bob. Okay. Tell me. <laughs> well, Bob, what's on the scoreboard? Well, um, tell me, Mitch. This is more like uh, sort of dramatic irony, right? All right, of course. So I get home. You. Uh, people are, you know, I get comments on the Facebook. I got to clear out and whatever. And I look over at the little side box there that says suggested friends, and I see her friend, because she was there, this girl I met at that night, she was there to see her female friend, uh, comedian. Right. I remember, I remember which yeah, comedian yeah. it was. We, we so, uh, names, but yeah. she, uh, so she comes up in the suggested friends, and I thought, hey, yeah, why not? She's sure. got seven mutual friends. I saw her perform. Sure. Fuck it. Yeah. So I add her, uh, and I go to look at her page. I don't like where this is going, Mitch. No, this is funny. I look at her page, and like the second profile picture in the five strip they show you, uh-huh. I was like, I have seen this photo before. Uh-huh. Where have I seen this photo before? Oh, I know. My favorites list on OkCupid. Okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh. I swear to you. No fucking way. I could prove way. it. I could prove it. No fucking I way. Fucking, I swear to you. <laughs> Mitch Marzoni at the plate, swung yeah. on and belted. Now, to be fair, my favorites list is mostly women that I will talk to because I have something in common with them, but I haven't thought of a good line yet. We'll see. So like, this, like, she has no idea yeah. unless one day either one of them listened to this particular episode. But really, what are the odds? Not good. Now, <clears throat> here, here's... <laughs> so this is the... We, we have inadvertently, if you will, dived head first yeah into the perfect topic okay let's do it let's uh the here's topic the topic the all right let's do it i'm gonna this, turn this, on some acs this this yeah activity. this goes for both mitch myself every single comedian musician politician somebody who spends most of their time desperately trying to get into the spotlight somehow trying to get either up on stage or in front of a camera, or something like that. Every single person who considers themselves an artist or performer has this problem, which is when you're not performing, you don't really feel like yourself. Sure. When When somebody you've met has never seen you perform, it's like they haven't seen a huge chunk of who you are. Right, right. So, like, they don't yet know that you actually are a hooker on the side, or right? Like that. Like, you're well, you're sort of hiding the fact well, that no, you give twenty dollars no, hand jobs. Well, yeah, not not twenty dollars hand jobs. <laughs> that's not that's not the way it is for me. It's, I know, it literally is as as if this is. It couldn't be a worse cliche, but it literally is. It's like you think I'm Clark Kent, right? But when a performer gets on the stage, that's who they always wanted to be. That's that's when they feel the best. That's every everyone doesn't. It's not just comedians. It's every every performer. Sure. So when you're trying to date or when you're out meeting people and you have to introduce yourself and tell them you're a performer, it's yeah. even more low and debasing. Just like, yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, I bet you are. Oh yeah. yeah. On, on OK Cupid, you're a fucking comedian. You're really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a comedian. You tell jokes, funny man. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're going to post your fucking resume up there. It's not going to post your... Here's my clips reel to post who I am. And I swear the tape is good. I promise. 
But then when somebody witnesses Hey, have you guys seen my demo tape yet? Yes, guys. This is totally fucking hot. (laughs) Rocket the studge. But then somebody sees you, and not only do they see you, but they saw you do it the way it should be. You know? The way you envision it in your head when you're writing it. And that's the way Mitch's set was. So you had this set. All right. Now I saw this woman. She's very attractive. Yeah, yeah. Very attractive, which is why he's telling the story. Yeah, yeah. To be quite frank, <laughs> I think this, I, don't, I think this I wouldn't left be the story. a story. Yeah, yeah. This wouldn't be a story. It was like, listen. Yeah. So I sat down, <laughs> and this girl got to be at least ooh, five foot two, four hundred pounds. Not not like a day over fifty-seven. Not <laughs> a day. <laughs> Just sitting there teasing me in that. Moo-moo. I was going to say moo-moo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. One so, boob so, hanging so out the bottom of so the moo-moo. Ah. So she's attractive, yeah, okay? Yeah. She's attractive. But on OkCupid, okay No, you, no, no. Uh, Not the same girl. I don't know if you realize this. Oh, what? Her friend, the comedian, is the one I saw in the suggested friends. That friend, the comedian, was the one I saw in OkCupid. Okay That's why it's funny. You see, that's that's this rabbit hole goes deeper, I think, than you originally had assumed. But the comedian, I think you were talking. I said her friend, the comedian, showed up on my suggested friends list. We have seven mutual friends because she's a comedian. Right. I added her, and in her profile pictures, I saw a photo that I had seen before, and it was of the. Comedian. And it was it would no the the comedian on the comedian's profile. One of her profile pictures I had seen before, and it's one of the same pictures she uses on OK Cupid. That's how I'd seen it before. Is this? No, I don't fucking get it. All right, okay. now hold on a second. Okay, when you God set up, damn okay, it. all right, just stop. I'll put it like just this. Stop, stop, okay, stop, okay. <laughs> just stop. I'm gonna give them A and B. All right, you A, A is the girl I talked to. Girl. B is the comedian. Okay, right. A, A is girl A, you talked to. A is girl I talked to. B is her friend, the comedian. B came up in the suggested friends list on Facebook, right? Because she's a comedian, right? We have m- many mutual right. friends. On, I add B. You I add B. B. And on B's and on B's profile, profile is a picture of B. Oh, of B. Of B that I had recognized, and then I realized, and I went back to OK Cupid to verify. Holy shit! I have already added B to my favorites list on OK Cupid, and meant to talk to her one day because she was a comedian and she was attractive, and I thought we might get along, but I didn't have a good open line, so I was like, oh, I'll save it for later, and. Now does it all? Make- I don't like the story now, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> now this story now, sucks. Now you just no. I didn't ruin your point. Your point is still valid. All right. So when you meet people, it's so she no, because your point is the, more okay, valid stop, because stop, just stop. I was in person. Both, both girl, okay. both okay. girls, A and B, both saw the performance. Yes, yes. Both saw the performance. Okay. Both saw you nail. I think. I think the stronger point. In fact, to, to your point, the the same way you're making it. I saw it in real time when I was sitting next to A, and all she wanted was a cigarette and not to look at me at all, right. and then afterwards was like desperate to talk. Well, I didn't say desperate. That sounds really bad, but she was very in, enthralled and sort of, uh, right. she, was, she was desirous of talking to me, let's right. say. Obviously. Yes. She wanted to have a conversation. She did not want me to just brush her off. Whereas and leave. before you were the cigarette yes, donor. Exactly. Five minutes, well, 10 minutes prior. Right. With some assholes. So the, table. the question is right. still on the table, which is the topic I want to talk about. All right. Men have, <laughs> men for the most part, have that performance 
thing. If they're an athlete, if they're a doctor, if they're a mechanic, if whatever, they want to show women what they do as a rustling of the feathers. Sure. Right? Sure. I get it. We're more confident when that happens. There's no way when I'm single I was hitting on women unless they'd seen me on stage because there's no way. It was just, it's it's like, no, there. Why right, even right. bother? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd still try. No, I didn't. But you know, yeah. I didn't okay. because, quite frankly, I I put so much of my energy right, into right. being on stage that now, it's to be more, fair, I'm not the. If I go to a bar and I see a hot girl, I don't walk up and talk to her. I uh, no, I was. Never I try to either. just. I try to basically get them to talk to me somehow. Yeah. And uh, I have my ways. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. If it doesn't, they'll never know. If it does work, then only I know as well. Um, yet again, and so it's nice. Yeah. Um, well, now, but that and that, you know, yeah. And to that, there is a side of me that goes like, you'd be kind of more into me slightly if you saw me up on stage. Right. But it's like, what are you going to do? You can't be like, hey, let's go see me perform. Um, you know, I don't perform nearly as often as you do either. So that that also. Uh, hinders my ability to just sort of add that out there. Well, so my question, though, then still is the same. I'm always interested in the opposite because that's something that I know of men, right? Right. What do women do? There has to be something the same way. Like, because men... Outside of the bedroom. Right. Okay. There there has to be something because it can't be in the bedroom. It right, can't, it, right. it can't be. It can't be like I think it can't be like hi. Wait till we fuck. You're really gonna like me. No, that's not. The I way mean, they're not is. gonna say that. But no, I, but I just as soon as I would never say you got to see me perform, then you'll want to fuck me. Like I, I would never say that. I might not even think that because I, you know, we're comedians. We hate ourselves, so right, I don't but, even know that I think that. But I guess I probably do what subconsciously. You, what you also remember too is that women are as insecure, if not more, sure, sure. on average than men are. So. They they have that same thing. Guys, have you, get, have you asked this to the to the to the wifey? I have. Uh, said what what is the equivalent that you feel like? I'll wait till he sees blank, then he's gonna flip his lid. Now now it's gonna sound really probably terribly sexist and stuff like that. But I have known women in my life who who genuinely are like uh, I you know overheard and things like this, or I have female friends that yeah, kind of like guy wait right. till you wait where till they I say stuff. It's like doors. no, not so much that. Like literally, if it's like oh, but but I'm gonna cook for him, and then you know blah blah, you know something like right. that. Some sort of there is yeah. Listen, yeah, that's maybe what I'm maybe it's maybe there it's like something. that kind of thing there where is it's some, there, there is something. Uh, sadly, a lot of it's like homemaking st- kind of shit. Well, yeah, you know, but it's because throughout nature, I mean. <laughs> For survival, women didn't need us, but we provided the aided support so they could live comfortably in what their existence is. Sure, sure. That's why we had a lot of fun throughout time being competitive, because we could provide more. But, you know, ironically, you know, we are making the all the flourish and technically don't get any of the bang. You know, in in settlements and oh. and entitlements, it's yeah. There's a lot of flourish, but there's not. I mean, women. I I honestly believe this. Every time I call people for charity, or every time I talk to somebody, it's like, well, I honestly, my wife makes the decisions. Right, right. 
And the reason the wife makes the decisions is because she's the one who makes life either good or bad. Sure. Her her mood changes the whole the whole experience. Right. So as a you, guy, you literally have dick on the table. Right. When it comes to like your negotiations, yeah. And it's like I bring all this pussy and tits and ass to the table mm-hmm. and and cook and or or fucking take care of you and or I'm fucking I'm your muse all this different shit and you're like I got dick yeah that's literally it. so it's like yeah. I think I've had this theory for a while I think the reason why for so long men did not want women in the workplace and I think to this day there's maybe subconsciously even the reason why women get paid less to some degree might even just be because guys go oh come on what are you going to do with that if you fucking make money, what have I got? Yeah. It's like, you know, that uh, kind of thing. If I can't buy you shit and that you want so that I can fuck you and you can buy it yourself. Well, let's put I've it this got way. dick. I've literally got dick. This this is the perfect this is the perfect format right here. Right. If you want to show the perfect opposite that women never acknowledge, here it is. All right. More men on average would be willing to say, I'd be perfectly fine to be the only house the only person oh, in the house absolutely. making money. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll, I'll let I, I I'll would, let my would, wife. I, I'll let my wife do everything. I'd say more than average. More, I would go so far as to say that that a vast majority, probably high nineties, frankly, of men in the world wish that was the case. Yeah, that's what they wish. They wish, wish they had. Wish they were. They the, had they enough wish, money. Yeah, that she didn't have to work. She didn't have to work. You could Absolutely. spoil her and be like, "Honey, yeah. you go fucking nuts." You know, this is here's the money. You take care of it. You do all that shit, and I'll just work and come home and be there. You know, that's that's the right, dream. Right, right. Yeah, if the you're 50s, saying ni- if, you if you're will, saying nineties, right. fine. Okay. That sounds. Guy, I don't know. I'm like literally works. every dude I've ever known. That's been the case. Right. They're all like, it would be great. The On reason the- why dudes want a shitload of money. You know what I'm saying? That. Is so they can it's have, to have that. that. Right. Barefoot right. and naked at home. It's right. the it's the same. It's interesting because um I remember when um and it's it's not like it's a new thing by any means, but you know how the media is and fucking New York Times especially. When it comes to uh it's like the cougar thing. Like like it's a trend. And I'm like, it's been going on forever. There's no trend here. Right. You're just noticing it right. now because Demi and Ashton fuck. You know, but um uh there there was this sort of um this whole article about the psychology of like older women who have money, let's say post-divorced or just great, you know, they're, they're uh, a working woman, they're executive power, whatever have you, don't have kids, let's say, whatever have you, that um, end up only going for dudes who have fucking nothing, like no job, nothing. And they say, well, why would you do that? And they're like, because he's there when I need him. He doesn't got anything else to do. What's he going to do? So I'm paying for convenience. Right. And I'm like, now you're turning into a dude. Well, and I, I well do, yes. it does make you wonder because I never heard it put that way until a woman put it that way. And then I'm like, maybe that's that's what it is for men is you want the convenience. Now, you want to know let, that when yeah. you're done working, me, yeah, she's going to be home. Let to me clarify. Give up that ass. Let me clarify. I wasn't being <laughs> sexist there. No, I no, was no. simply saying that in the dream, too, most women would rather have a ton of money and not have to worry about it and have a man who loves them sure but gives them some fucking space sure sure and stays away from her nest and her house that's not sexist that's saying look if i had it my way i mean 
sure, I'd love to not work, you know, I right, mean, right. and be at home while somebody just lovingly bestows me upon riches and just stay home. But but wait, to that to that level, it does make me wonder because I, I, I've i thought about that. Because here's the thing. Um, I have to go into something briefly depressing just to make a point. Uh, oh, my mom died uh, in, I think, 2008, late 2008. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Don't quote me on that. Maybe it's, yeah, late 2008. Um, not looking for sympathy, just saying. Um, now, all of my life and all of my sister's life, uh, my mom had always told us in great detail that when she passed, we were taken care of for life. I mean, she just always said that without provocation, and we were always, shut the fuck up, we don't want to hear about that, as you would do when your mom tells you right. such things. My father, who I do a podcast with every week on Tuesdays, um, we're on episode 35 tomorrow. So it's 35 wow. weeks we've been going uh, strong. He has told me both on and off the podcast uh, since prior to my mom dying and certainly since that the entire time they were married, uh, she had always said that her number one goal was to provide for my sister and I and that she hopes that every bit of money that either of them make goes to us. That right. was She'd always said right. that. When my grandmother... Uh, my grandmother died, I think, like a millionaire, some well-off millionaire. Um, she had sort of left in her will a, a chunk for everybody. You know, she had five kids, and then they had five each and all this stuff. Uh, when my grandmother died, uh, I got $2,000. So that should give you an idea for, you know, how far down the, the line. If I got two k and there was probably, and I've got like eight cousins, nine cousins, ten cousins, I don't know how many cousins I got. Plus my mom, her sisters, brothers, all this shit. Now, most of my uh, aunts and uh, uncle, well, I don't know so much my uncle, but certainly my aunts had all, all borrowed against the will prior to her death. So they didn't get nearly as much when she had passed on as they would have gotten. My mom, however, never did. And uh, held on to that money and used part of it on her house that she left in her will for my sister and I. And things like this. And she had talked to my father around the time and told him, like, this money's going to Meredith and Mitchell. And uh, so when she passed away in, like, late 2008, there was a moment when I got home from the wake and everything else like that where I was like, I think my life's about to change, like, beyond the fact that I can never call my mom again. Like, I feel like it was one of those, like... Because she'd always talked about it. My sister were my sister and I like, what do we do now? Do we do we ask somebody? Does it just come in the... How do we... Because we don't want to call our stepdad and be right. like, hey, how about that fucking money that she... She had life insurance through all these different places. She was a fucking teacher for 40 years. I right, mean, it's like... Right. But we were like, well, it was surely that's going to happen. So in my head, I was like, well, I guess I won't ever have to work again. Or at least, you know, whatever. I can take, you know, fucking two, three years off. Because even at the time, I was freelancing, so it's like I didn't have much of a work schedule anyway. So I just had residual checks coming to me anyway. And there was this immense guilt over me. I was like, I have to work. Like, I I wouldn't feel right just sitting around doing nothing. Like, not not just in comedy, just in general. Like, if somebody just handed me a shitload of cash, I'd feel like, what do I... I need to do something for this. Like, I feel so weirdly guilty about that. And I don't think it's being a man. I think it's just because my mom worked her fucking ass off, you know, raising two kids by herself, that I feel like if somebody just handed me shit, I'd be like, ugh. Now, ultimately, my stepdad uh, stole all the money and ran off. But regardless, (laughs) uh, there was that part that was like, oh, shit, what do I... 
you know, what do I do if I did all of a sudden get that money? Like, how do I, you know, best make use of my time? Never came to be. But do you think that when you said, I'd love to just sit at home on your on my ass, you wouldn't, though? Do if, you think or if, what? I'll put it this way. If you're, what if, I mean by sit at right. home on my ass is I have a day job to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I would love to be as do I. I would love to be a comedian full time. And ninety percent of the day as a comedian, you're sitting on your ass. That's fair. You know, even if you're doing all the work you could possibly do, emails and writing and making phone calls, you're still sitting on your ass. Sure, sure. Okay. To do that. And so, sure, if all of a sudden Katie tomorrow got some sort of big contract or something that made her a millionaire, then you damn right I'd quit my job. I wouldn't have a problem. Sitting there, working on my thing, right. allowing her to take care of me for a while. Because that's what I would do with a significant other. I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. You got the you got the finances. You want to take care of me? See, now this is where I'm going to probably sound sexist. Sure. <laughs> and and it's, it's more of an open question than a, than a statement. But for instance, in your case, your, your long-term goal in life, irrespective of that happening, is to be a comedian, is to, uh, and or let's say maybe actor, whatever else have you, entertainment, but let's say comedian, um, and whatever comes along with it. Your long-term goal in life is to be a comedian. That's what you want, ultimately. Right. So if all of a sudden you didn't have the day job, the ultimate goal would never change. It would make the ultimate goal easier, right? right? Yes. Okay. You're right. And and that's certainly, yeah. That's just guy, a lead-in. Guys, no, no. Guys uh, are programmed. Sure. But what I'm saying is, as the lead-in to that, and this is where I'm going to sound incredibly sexist, so I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to put this uh, softly. Here it comes, here folks. It comes. Okay. See it up. <clears throat> I have noticed that uh, most women I know, uh, let me put it this way, a, a guy in his uh, early to mid-20s is talking about you know, what he's going to do for a living, or he might be uh, working a job that has a career to it, or something like this. He basically plans for working the rest of his life. Um, a lot of women I know, that is absolutely not the case. They're 27 and they're a secretary. Or they're 25 and they're stripping, but they're, you know, maybe they're going to go to cool. I'm doing this because I'm going to get money for college and then I'll go to college for a bit. And you're like, to do what? Well, I'm really interested in psychology. Are you going to be a psychiatrist? I don't know. And it's like this weird kind of like, loose plan for the future and it's almost like they're setting themselves up for sure just in case i spend all my life working towards a goal and then a guy that's really rich marries me i'm fuck that i don't know if that's the case but that's the way it sounds a lot of the time where it's like there's not really they're not you know what i'm saying i don't know if there's that pressure towards women to to pick a career and work towards a thing so much as just keep themselves afloat long enough to get married and i know that definitely was the case even 20 years ago, now probably not as much, but you still see remnants of that. Yes. And I don't blame women yeah, for it, no, mind you. No, I, I blame, no. well, it's it, more because, like society. And because, such. absolutely. Because, let's face it, uh, properly, and I'm going to use that word ahead of saying this next thing, <laughs> properly taking care of kids is a full fucking job. Sure. It's a full time job. And when you have kids, if one of you stays home to take care of them, that in itself is full-time work. Sure. Anybody who thinks otherwise, try it. 
You know, I mean, like, I, I love when people say it's like it's the hardest job in the world and people are dissing on it. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, yes, it is. It's very hard because it, I here's, don't know here's why. To do it right, to do it, to, to raise a child right, to correct, to correctly raise a child, discipline them from zero to six to make sure they are not going to be a fuck up. And it's really easy to raise a fuck up. You just put it in a room and don't pay attention to sure, it. Sure, sure. They're going to end up a fuck up. Nine times out of ten. If the kid has got some spirit and wants to get away and has the resources, then he will or she will. All right. But it's hard to raise a good kid. It really is. It takes that's probably that's probably true. But but the the it, the difficulty in raising a kid insofar as good versus bad. If you if you're a fucking construction worker, uh, you know, if you're good or bad real quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to fucking put up drywall you're a bad construction worker right but uh you don't find out if you're a bad parent until the kid's 25 right that's why it's such a hard job dies of alcoholism you're doing the job and not knowing if you're ever doing it right right well but but i mean okay but as far as like hardest job in the world i didn't say it's the hardest job in the world i will say it's very difficult okay absolutely very difficult it ain't ain't president united states but it's it's very difficult i wonder if president's not that difficult i would i would venture to say (laughs) You More and just I, a lot of pressure. You and I wake up tomorrow, and if we don't if we don't do our job completely, maybe a couple people are upset. The president doesn't wake up and do his job tomorrow. Billions of people are fucking pissed. Sure, I, again, a lot of pressure. I don't know if the job is difficult though. But that's maybe what it's all makes delegation. Job I don't know. Difficult, okay. man. Okay. I mean, uh, let, let's put it this way: a hard job with no no results expected, no pressure. A hard job is relatively easy. Okay. Right? Sure. But well, okay. a job that's, that's easy that's with a lot of pressure. Right. Hitting hitting the hitting the little white ball that's thrown ninety miles an hour relatively maybe not that hard with millions of people watching. Well see now we're we we get into when we talk about like say uh, you know, full time parent, let's say. Right, right, right. Because you get into this kind of uh almost like nuclear family thing where it's like um that that discussion, my father and I have had the discussion a billion times. Is like, were we better off under this? Uh, under the, the basically, what it comes down to is, I think what happened is, uh, you got your you know your wars, your World War uh, One and Two, where women were picking up the workforce while the men were away, right? Really doing the job for the home front, right? And I think that there's definitely there was absolutely there's no question that there was a shitload of sexism. Or what still is, but uh, certainly, let's say, 50s and 60s, uh, less so in the 60s, but uh, a lot of sexism, a lot of um, uh, demeaning the woman, and she's sure. she's an object. Yeah, you hired her on to do a job at home, and she better damn do it. That yeah. whole thing, right? Yeah. And uh, reasonably so, women were like, "Well, fuck this. I'm not yeah. your slave. I'm not going to just do whatever the fuck you want. Right? I want to get out and you know make my own living. I'm fucking bored sitting here at home. Right? And uh, men were getting upset and i think that there's definitely something to that if you if you feel locked into whatever you're doing you have the freedom to go do whatever you want but i think that um it seems like there's a there's a part of society that kind of goes no you have to you like you have to go out and work if you're a woman otherwise you're just a slave to the man where i go like no no isn't the whole idea of feminism frankly put them on an even keel you have a choice right it's your life Nobody gets to tell you one way or another. Not the patriarchy, and certainly not an uppity feminist who's going to tell you that you can't do that because that's what you want to do. Oh, you have to go work. 
So I think that there might be a part of it where it's like women are sort of um, feeling a pressure to be in a workplace when they don't really want to be simply because of the op the, the kind of pushback effect, if you will. Um, <clears throat> I don't think that there's, I mean, even psychiatrists and so, so on and so forth. Nobody's really disagreeing that a, that a parent working while a parent watches the kid, that's, that's kind of the ideal scenario for raising a child. You right. know what I'm saying? Even if you swap off and that, that goes straight or gay couples. When you t- when they talk about successful gay couples, where the child was the only problem that gay uh, kids, sorry, not gay kids, but uh, kids With gay born parents. under uh, a gay uh, household, let's right. say, sure, um, the only problem they ever have is from fucking straight kids beating, like g- right. giving them shit. Right, it's really the only you know. Right. But the home life is you know wonderful. Yeah, and they got two parents together. Right, which is ideal. Again, uh, if you can both be there even better but you know unfortunately we have problems where you you can't even hold down a household most of the time with um you need both parents working so your argument is saying that and i I probably agree with you let's put it this way there's never been a time in my life where i had thought of a contingency plan of ever not working yeah ditto okay and as a comedian i'm lucky because or or not whatever way you choose to see it i will be (laughs) doing it until i'm dead if that's tomorrow or uh, ideally right fingers crossed 50 years from now you know i'll be doing it till the day i die you know and 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 the sad part about it is i know that it is not it doesn't have to be at the level that Cosby's doing it you know what I mean like if if I'm doing a shitty bar at 78 then I'm doing a shitty bar at 78 you know like that's the way it's gonna go I'd feel upset if I was doing a shitty bar at 78 I'm telling you like as as somebody who sees into the future for myself uh you don't think you have a, a star power to rise above shitty bars at seventy? I do. I I listen. You know, in my heart of hearts, I know I do. But okay. I'm I'm telling you that I'm prepared for shitty bars at seventy eight. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to give up on it. It's not a. It's it's not a matter of oh I can't wait to stop working. Oh yeah yeah you know the, yeah yeah retirement has never been a dream. They of mine say to that's sit that's when you know you found something you should do for your whole life. Right. If you if you don't ever dread the idea of doing it, yeah. If if the idea of doing it at seventy eight is like appealing to you, then fucking there's and, your you there's know. Your thing. And, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with whatever you choose to do. And if being a parent is what you've always wanted to do, then that is what I'm saying is that's a career in itself. If sure, you want to be a parent, yeah, and that's your whole goal as a person. That is just as honorable as being anything else in the world, bringing somebody else and giving an opportunity right. to do what they want because your dream was to do it for somebody else. Cool. You yeah, know, yeah. and that's, and that goes well, I think that's, I mean, on both sides. For my, for my parents specifically, that was a, that's a big kind of point of contention because my mom, all, you know, she, whole life, she wanted children. I mean, she told my dad fucking probably first date, I don't know. Very shortly after they met, she she was like all about kids. She wanted kids so badly, and uh, my dad already had two kids before he met my mom. So, um, <clears throat> and my dad's always wanted to make enough money to where she could just stay at home. And right around, uh, I think it was about seven or eight, my mom started like substitute teaching and like doing drama classes during the summer and things like that. 
And I felt like at the time that she was just kind of just doing it because she was bored. I don't know. Maybe she was. Maybe she wasn't. And then my dad had some uh, financial troubles and whatever have you. They got divorced. He moved away. He, to this day, never forgives himself for that. Like, he right. fucking is just sort of livid that, that he lost her. I mean, he talked about that constantly. Like, never fell out of love with her. Never said a bad thing about her. For all of his faults, I've never heard him say a single bad thing about my mom in all of my life. Right. Which is not something I could say to my mom. My mom, right. my mom ripped on him constantly. Um, but, you know, and then she, like, she worked three jobs. You know what I mean? She was a teacher uh, during the day. And then she, uh, at night, she'd work in an arts and crafts store. And then on the weekends, she would teach workshops. And then in the summer, when she wasn't teaching, she taught drama camp. And, like, ran Girl Scouts and shit. It was just fucking crazy. So, uh, I think that that upset my dad that he was... Uh, I think that he feels a, 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 a tinge of inadequacy as a person, as a man, if you will, that he was never able to sort of just let her raise kids, and she had to oh, go yeah. do these things. There's, so. there's always, always that, and they, I mean that's the the roles in in the way we're expected to to go plague everything. They they are what most people gauge their whole life on. Right, you know, right, where they think society should place them, you know, where I fit according to what I see in media or what I see from other people, or and when when ever when I hear people blame media, I think it's so funny to me because media is just an expanded version of your next door neighbor and your your neighbor's community and stuff like that. If you think about it, back before there was television. You know, there were papers. And before there were papers, there was the community that you lived in. And you looked down the street and they had two goats and you wanted one goat. You had one goat, you know, or they had right, four right, goats. Right. And I hate, I hate Gorg and his bitch wife. You know, they have just running their goats around the whole village, flaunting their goats. It's the same shit as Orange County Housewives, except now... There's not a way for Gorg over here to see Grog over here with the four goats, but now there's a way that he can see it in his house and spy, you know, on his neighbor. And that's all this is. Humanity hasn't changed. It's we've just found a new way. And so when people are like, it's media, I'm like, it's us, people. The fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, us is who media isn't some thing happening sure sure you know yeah, like yeah. When I, when like I they show people, natural born killers right when i hear when i hear people, media is like the weather it's everywhere yeah when i hear people describing uh media being some entity that is controlling us or making us think things right, i'm like right. who do you i know people who work at the stations write the material that you hear i know them <clears throat> they're people and what they're thinking is I know people. They want this shit. Right. And it's not media being like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There would not be a Jersey Shore if there weren't an audience. I get right. that. Uh, it's As we heard the other night when I said Jersey Shore and got a damned applause break, which I did not want it, there. They were doing it to instigate I know, I know, him, and it worked. It was brilliant. And you know they all watched that show. They all of them. All oh, those I, bastards those watched that show. Goddamned assholes watching the Jersey Shore. Uh, well, I do have a I do have a story about a, a reality star um, falling from grace. Oh no! <laughs> oh yes! And it just it was one of those Schadenfreude jerk off moments, just where I was like, "Yes, I love everything about this." I was just uh, 
As uh, Dennis Leary once said, uh, six foot erection with a giant cheeseburger on the end of it. Um, uh, the Hills stars, uh, Heidi Montag and uh, Spencer Pratt, are, uh, are flat fuck broke, uh, living at Spencer's uh, parents' house now. And it's it's interesting, the article I have about it, because it talks about, you know, it's, it's, they're very, it's not only just their fall from grace kind of thing, but it's also like, they're coming to grips with the fact that they were like, just these media whores, and they thought they had the whole world in their hands, but they were faking so much of it, and they were riding this temporary wave, hoping it would last forever. And it shows a mature side of them, which uh, I gotta say, little bit just a just a smidgen of respect, ever ever just the tiniest smidgen. But um, says uh, Spencer speaks definitively. What we've learned is you can be too famous. That's a that's a direct quote from him. Um, it's just uh, this isn't a business. That was the big thing I didn't get. Reality TV is not a career. Anyone who says, "Oh, you can have a career in reality," that's a lie. We were getting paid to Thank be people you. we weren't for so long that you stop, and then there's no line. The gauge is gone. The gray area is gone. We got so deep with how many storylines we had to do to continue the machine. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad they said it. Yeah, and I'm glad they're flat broke. <laughs> oh, I'm. You you see me disappointed? No, not at all. You smiled too. It's cool. Ain't nothing wrong with Schadenfreude. That's all I gotta no, say. No, I honestly. Not a thing in the world wrong with it, but uh, I, I sincere. I mean, I heard, uh, I heard it best said by uh, Gary Shandling the other day, uh, and I wish, you know, as a comedian, I wish I had said it. It's right, naturally, good. naturally. He goes, "I feel bad for these reality television stars because when I was canceled, I know they didn't want to see my character on television anymore. If you cancel <laughs> reality show star, we don't want to see you anymore, and that is a brutal." cold-blooded reality. It is yeah. what most people don't realize when they think, yeah, sure, I'll go on a reality show. We don't want your talent. We want your soul. Well, so much of the time, and in the case of them, uh, so much that happens kind of outside of the show is like they get paid to show up at parties. That's a big one. It's getting paid to show up at a party. Just make an appearance. I'll pay you ten thousand dollars sitting in the back of a room or some shit like that. And they they even said in the article they still occasionally get those kind of gigs. And he jumps on them and shit. And that's what a lot of these reality stars end up doing. Basically, is right after the show ends or whatever have you, they just get paid to show up at different places. And um, it's good to know that the bottom does drop out eventually. Well, um, I mean, you, you so and, many you of and them, I were frankly, on a show but, at the spotlight. At Aura, where after the show, we had to clear out because Tila Tequila was making an appearance. I didn't know that. <laughs> she wasn't performing or anything. She doesn't perform. She doesn't have anything she can perform, but right. she was just showing up. Well, she, she does music. Right. I'm putting that in the big bunny quotes there. She does the music. <sighs> I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. so disappointed by us and reality shows. Now, listen, competition shows, I understand Right, okay. Right. I get it. Sure. Meaning, you and I you, have judged comedy competitions. E yeah. Even even <clears> the <throat> stupid reality show competitions, the Dancing with the Stars, right? The uh, American you know, Idols, lose weights, right? Even if it's loser, celebrities right. or whatever, I still get that. Right. That is right. still human drama as done 
the right way. The way it's done now is disgraceful. The housewives and shit and the that. I don't, I, I really, I mean, again, I know there's a market for it. Otherwise it wouldn't be on fucking TV. But I just don't, like I watch it and, and Dana, Dana Gould yeah. said it best. Yeah. Uh, Dana Gould said, you're watching uh, people who aren't actors uh, read lines not written by writers Right, filmed by not directors. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no, no. But so, but you agree with me that competition shows are the same thing as game shows. If you want to set it theoretically, but uh, the they, game show they, premise. You know, the problem is, yeah, the problem is that when they that that it's not even about the game most of the time. You know what I mean? Anymore, right? right. It's it's about but, the drama surrounding it. Now, the reality shows I do watch that I do like, and I actually support, and 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 I want. This to be the future of the of reality, if you will, are the ones on like a History Channel. Uh, your Ice Road Truckers. I don't, I don't actually like that one. It's really boring. And the American Loggers. Don't much care for that. But storage Wars. Swamp People. Storage Wars. Storage Wars. Swamp People. Um, uh, American Pickers. Yeah. Um, Highlight Pawn weird Stars. jobs. Right. Because to me, the big problem I have with your standard reality shows, your your Housewives of whatever, <laughs> is that you're in the, you're. Raising a generation of people to look at these fucking slobs who do nothing but gossip and bitch and whine about each other. Right. For the sole purpose of, hey, it makes good TV, but they're not doing anything. Yep. And you're raising a generation of people who think, oh, this all I need so- to do yeah. is get on TV and act like a cunt. <laughs> and no, no, that's, no, you should fucking be. Fuck it. Everybody hates those people. That's why. And the problem is that the people watching them go like, well, yeah, but they make so much money. And it's like, yes, but you're a despicable person. You're right. don't you like that? That should matter to you. That's a big fucking deal. Like, I'll take a cut and pay if it makes me not a despicable person. I know because I've done it many, many times in my life. I have an opportunity on an almost daily basis to be a despicable person to make a shitload right. more money. Right. But I don't do it because I don't want to be a despicable person. Right. Now, you take, like, your American pickers, your swamp people, things like that. These are genuinely, like, these are jobs. These are actual jobs. And if somebody's inspired by watching that show, hey, wow, I could be like that. Yeah. Only too happy. Yep. That would be fucking awesome. I totally agree. A with huge you. right now. I, totally I don't think people you. know this, but like, if you if you can if you're a legal citizen of America and you have a service based job, a plumber, an electrician, for instance, you make a fuckload of money, like ridiculous. Like I think an electrician makes eighty five dollars an hour mm-hmm. because there are none. Yeah. Last time I tried to hire an electrician, I just sat there for 10 minutes trying to explain to him how what I wanted him to do. And all I wanted to do is hook up like this fucking Ikea thing. I did this myself, but in the last place I lived, the electricity was a little shoddy, right. and I almost got shocked to death. And I thought, somebody needs to rebuild that socket and then connect this. So I hired an electrician on. took me 10 minutes to explain to him, I'm trying to put this up there. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I shouldn't have to fucking do that. So there should be some pride you know. built into these jobs. Absolutely. Uh, you ever watch uh, uh, Homes on Homes? Uh, yes. That's a fucking wonderful show. Yeah, I And agree. he talks about the shoddy workmanship left and right and how he wants to. And the same thing with uh, uh, Mike Rowe, uh, D- uh, Dirty Jobs, yeah. where he, he, has a, he has a whole foundation where he's trying to get more people into trade jobs. And I have, uh, yeah, I have, I have, you know, a great deal of respect for Rowe. Uh, who's swimming in the finances and living like a, a modest human being. 
Sure. And I appreciate that. You know, he, I wouldn't care if he lived like in a giant mansion. Frankly. No, I know. But I, mean, but you know, yeah, I, I like the fact you. that he goes to these jobs and then he is kind of a, a dude's dude. You know, he's still like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but I'll, I'll tell you this much. I, I don't I have nothing against the cooking shows. I have nothing against the outdoor shows and all that shit. And when people put that under the guise of reality, I'm like, you don't understand here. It's the people, you know, just like you were talking about the Jersey Shore. I mean, these kids are making not a million dollars an episode, but they're making a I mean, hand over fist. I mean, yeah, I mean, just far raking, more than I've ever made in a given day. And it's most I ever made in an episode of anything. I think I made four hundred dollars for an episode of um, Leverage. Four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's yeah. a good. Picture. I got yeah. Well, I got paid scale because um, scale. There you go. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you know how the fucking all the. the well, I'll just tell people at home because it's hilarious how the fucking uh, the the was it after and sag yeah. the way they work is hilarious when it comes to extras is that um, anybody can be hired as an extra you don't have to be part of sag or after or whatever have you um, one of the, the the guilds if you will of acting you don't have to be part of those to be an extra but the rule is that if you are part of those and they hire you as an extra you get paid scale which is like two three times as much now they're required. Let's say they need 100 extras for a given shoot. They're required to hire, I think, 80 that are in the union before they're allowed to use the extra 20 right. that are not in the union. However, they're allowed to hire un- a non-union at a union rate if they can't find a union person to fill the role. Right. And conveniently, that was the case here. They could not find a union person to fill the role, uh, I got the call. I was like, yes, I will absolutely do that. And uh, I got to fill in. Now, the, the other hilarious where it comes into that sort of scam thing is in, they're like, here's your paycheck, or we can hold on to it, and we'll put it towards your dues. I'm like, you think I'm doing this because I'm fucking rich and I just have yeah. money to fucking throw away at a, yeah, it'll be in at a piece of paper right. I don't ever use? Right, exactly. No, I, I'm afraid I'm going to need that whole paycheck. And they're like, <laughs> or okay. Or you can take what's inside the box. <laughs> exactly. Which is no paycheck. And you do this four more times, and then we'll, you'll get a sheet of paper that uh, really does nothing for you unless you're actually getting work, which right. now you're an actor. So good luck, kiddo. Well, do you have any more uplifting stories about I do. Spencer Pratt? No, not Spencer Pratt. I do have an uplifting. I'm this so is, this glad be an interesting. Broke. This would be kind so of. I know what's going on. This is a topic that this sort of um, this interests me because I, I was reading about um, a uh, a recent thing where um, I don't remember who it was. There was somebody in a recent film. I want to say Jessica Alba, perhaps. I don't know what it was. It was a recent movie that she had done. Where uh, she was totally naked, and you saw her tits, quote unquote. But what they did is they put flesh-colored nipple covers over it, and then CGI'd nipples on on top of that. Right, right, right. So where it got into my head is I was thinking because I look at a lot of things it's on not the Jessica internet. Jessica Alba. Well, I don't know who it was. Oh, honestly. it was uh, 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 Anne Hathaway. Well, the the oh. article I, I'm looking at is, is nine uh, nine movies that had famous nude scenes that used body doubles, and I assumed that it was apparently uh, is a Mila Kunis scene in Friends with Benefits. Um, says on the plus side, Mila was involved in casting her own butt double, which is pretty hot. Also, the side boob you see in the film is the real deal, so it's not a total waste of time. Uh, let's see some other ones. Um, 
Kevin Costner, apparently, in Prince of Thieves. Yeah, he saw his penis. Apparently, it's his ass, they say. Oh, right. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's just me who thought it was <laughs> Maybe penis. I was seeing that. Katie Mixon, Eastbound and Down. Now, that doesn't surprise me at all, because I thought at the time, because they immediately... You watch Eastbound and Down? Yeah, yeah. You remember this scene where she's in the car with him, uh-uh. and she pulls the titties out? Uh-uh. Now, I immediately was like, that's a fake, because the moment she goes like this cut and it's just a screen full of boobs there's no other body parts just boobs and i was like those aren't even her boobs i've yeah. been wanting to see her boobs the whole time i watched that show those are definitely not her boobs i mean they're the right size and maybe they look identical but i know those weren't her boobs because you did the cut right assholes uh isla fisher in the wedding crashers uh let's see who else Lindsay lohan and machete isla fisher you mean the redhead? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Um, shows Show the picture. It's the one with uh, where where she's with your your man Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one where she's like on top of him? Yeah, yeah. That's not her. That's somebody else. It says apparently this. No, a lot of people. When did our thirty actresses she considered going topless? We received a barrage of angry comments claiming she already had. But a quick trip over to Mister Skin's website will confirm that Isla does not show her boobs. Isla, Isla, Isla. The film does a nice job on the editing, though, so it's easy to spend, suspend it differently. Now, here's the thing. Um, what I was saying is I look at a lot of, um, you know, things on the Internet and, um, you know, various, uh, various, like, social profiles and stuff like that. And there's a number of sites out there like Rate Me Nude or Rate My Boobs or Rate My Rack or Rate My Body or things like this where it's like, you're literally just rating body parts of chicks. And sometimes they have their face, or sometimes they have, a, you know, they put the flash camera right up next to their face. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's this kind of thing where it's like, sometimes it's like four or five photos of the same girl. And you can right. tell it's the same girl, because like the tattoos or something like that. Right. And I think to myself, like, what if I, what if I worked with this girl? Like, would I be like, oh yeah, I've seen her naked? Or would I be like, I don't know, might not be her. You know what I mean? And so I think that there's that, okay, I want to give a suspension of disbelief. But then there's some profiles you see where the only photos where the girl's face is in it, she's wearing, let's say, a bra. Or she's like bent over and she's showing her her thong, like her ass in a thong, right? Something like this. So then you go, okay, well, then there's a line. As a girl, there's a line, I guess, where they'll maybe sometimes they'll show their boobs, but they'll cup their hands over their nipples. Or something like that where I'll go like, does that... That, you know, I just trying to get the psychology of this thing. Because I go, does that mean, like, if your father came across this photo, he'd be like, ah, it's okay. She doesn't even show her nipples. Like, what's the point of hiding your nipples? If you're topless and you're hiding your nipples, like, you're, you're topless. And for all intents and purposes, anybody who would judge you for that is going to judge you regardless, right? So why hide your nipples? Just show the damn nipples at this point. You're not saving any real grace in that sense of whoever, you know, you're trying to, you know, save yourself from is still going to be like, oh, my God, she showed her nipples. But I realize there's a huge difference between, like, check out my boobs and here's a fist in my cunt. Like, there's a huge, there's a a river, uh, maybe even ocean. Between well, the two, to some girls. Well, so girls here, have like a, here, like this here. levels of nudity where they're like, that's too much. But then I get into the here's thing why. like whore. Okay, guys. Here's why. Here's why. <laughs> so I was going to go deeper. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you go on and I'll see if I need to go any deeper with this. Uh, the more hole. sensitive a body part is, the less you want it exposed. Just very ba- plain sure. and simple. Sure. Okay. Sure. Men, for example around other guys will consider themselves totally straight 
to take a picture of their ball sack or dip their balls in another guy's face while he's sleeping or something like T-bag! that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Frat guy shenanigans. And and there's a difference between a limp dick and a hard dick as well. Right, right. It's like all of a sudden that's a big deal. But like I wouldn't wouldn't shroud away in embarrassment if my balls got out of my boxers, but I would if my dick did. There's a big difference. It's a sensitive part of your body, and that is in the very essence of it showing a demonstration to another person of how turned on you may or may not be. A woman, for example. Okay is often mischaracterized as having erect nipples she's turned on when we know for a fact it is nothing more than a coldness or a sensitivity or shock wave that just went over. Sure, sure. So it has nothing to do Every with Every nipple gets hard if she's, you touch it. Yeah, yeah, she's not like, ooh, I'm turned on, and it goes up like a, an erection. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. Uh, it would be it'd great be cool if, if it, it did. Be, it would be so wonderful if you could just but look at a girl and tell she was turned on. The nipples are a demonstration of that vulnerability. So like, I'm showing you everything except the vulnerable part. Right, I guess. I mean, that's I, that's I mean, I, I, that's the psychology. I get your I get your basic point, but I you guess you know the psychology behind. Okay, it. I get your basic point, yeah. but let me let me bring right. it back right. on topic with the the fucking famous nude scenes that right. are nude. Right, right. If everybody thinks they saw your nipples, like in case of the 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 scene, I can't I can't remember where I saw the original story. Right. But the the case where the girl, a very recent one, where they put nipple flesh colored nipple covers over her actual nipples, and then digitally put real put other ones on there, and she said those look pretty realistic. Like, why not just show your fucking nipples? Right? I mean, is there a logic to that? There's a logic. Really? There's a logic. I'll tell you what, and this is gonna really fuck with your head. Please do. I'll tell you. Okay. If if my if my title role came and they said, "Listen, we're gonna have to show your dick." Okay. And I'm like, "Well, it's 2013. (laughs) We're pretty good with CGI." Oh, you giving yourself two years? I like it. Yeah. Can I get myself a dick double? Could you morph on a dick? And you know what I would do, Mitch? Pick a bigger dick than mine. Really? I would pick the biggest dick ever. Okay, okay. Hold on. Because hold on, I don't hold on. We're care. not talking about dick size. Yes, but no, we are. Let's talk about we nipples. Are. Let's but talk nipples, about nipples. <laughs> women are very insecure yes, about but, their nipples. But if you, look, if you put flesh-colored nipple covers over just the nipple slash areola Then area, they don't feel like they're completely naked. I grant you that. But if you then, that's the exact size that you have to use for putting your fucking digital nipple on top of ergo they cannot possibly be larger than that and that's what women are sensitive about when it comes to nipples is location and size so right. they would be located in the same place and be the same size or color different or so? shape different or if you've had kids they stick out and hang different you can make it's a nipple look It's unfortunate that pretty. we live in this weird fucking prepubescent society true, though. where it guys can absolutely ex- true. Let me just put this out there now for all the ladies listening. I fucking I I I can't stand Playboy. I fucking hate Playboy magazine. It's the most it's literally I don't think that most people realize this. Uh, I wrote a blog interview about it years ago and it was titled uh, See Me Naked Next Month in Playboy. And uh, what I said is, what you're looking at is a painting of a naked woman. Right. By all manner of being, you're li- there's not a of single course. pixel on that photo that you're looking at that hasn't been painted and rubbed and and uh, smoothed and and cloned. And believe me, I've done it for a living for many many years. I know how much work goes into those kinds of photos. 
And so when I look at Playboy, I'm just looking at a painting, like an artistic rendering, if you will, a 3D rendering, an artistic right. representation of what this girl looks like naked. Right. So to me, and maybe because of the fact that I grew up looking at so much porn and seeing so much fake airbrush shit, I remember how turned on I was the first time I got to fucking hold a pair of naked boobs and they were slightly lopsided and, and, and the nipples had all kinds of slight variations in them. And, and it was like all these quote unquote mistakes, the kind of thing that you'd Photoshop out. And that's like what turns me on is the shit that's not supposed to be there. Like scars. Uh, I remember I, I had sex with a girl one time on my birthday several years ago. And uh, she had, she had been in like a terrible car accident. Like half of her body was like scarred from like her shoulder all the way down to like halfway down her back, which was already. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, at one point when we were having sex, I heard this clink. And she goes, oh, oh, hold on. And she was like, sorry, that was my rotator cuff. And I was like, I think I just came. Like that's that was the hottest noise I've ever heard. A, a metal clink in her shoulder was like, I was like, oh, we're good. I'm. I hung on to her for a few months after that because that's See, just, but I like imperfections and I think that most people do, but they kind of, I think when you look at something on a screen or in a magazine or TV, you may like I think imperfections, that, but I, you personally, you Mitch look at your imperfections yourself as not perfections. You know, my, my left ball hangs a little low and if, and if, and if, uh. If I whipped out a ball and a chick was like, dude, I love the fact that your left ball hangs lower, I'd be like, dude, so fucking cool. I'd be like, sweet. Yeah. Nobody ever mentions it. No girl so has fucking ever said cool, But you wouldn't be like going around like, yeah, one of my balls hangs lower I than I just the said left. it. I just said my left ball hangs lower. I know, but you wouldn't be this bragging about it. This is on the internet it. forever. You wouldn't be bragging about it like, yeah, well, I'm not, fucking excited I mean, okay. about the fact that... It's not, a, it's not okay, something to so brag what about. What I'm right. saying is... I'm not embarrassed. The, the argument it, I'm making I'm here is, and the reason for blanking out the nipple is in a subconscious mind of somebody wait, wait, who has... Wait, wait, wait. Let, me, let me present it to you a different way. Let's say they were like, look, we can't, we're not going to digitally replace your cock, but we can change the head. Okay. Would you go with that? I mean, would you be like, yes. Or you'd be like, well, at this point, what's the point? What, what, what does it matter? Yes, I would. You, you would still want them to change the head? Yeah. Okay. You want to know why? Armenians have weird dickheads. Yeah. I know. I know. I understand. I've no, seen I them. They have this I, weird I, mushroom thing and goes I, off to the I, right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Totally I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because honestly. Uh, In your head. I want. It's not no, your no, dick. no, no, no. Y yes. Okay. Oh, you're fixing. Oh, did I did I knock something around with all my banging around, yelling about pussies and shit? Here, I'll. I'll in uh, in yeah, my head, good. it's not me. Okay, is that what that's what it comes down to? In your head, it's not you. In in my head, okay. look look. As an actor, and I can't say this as an actor because I've never been on film, but I, I'll tell you this much: I know a lot of those people really put themselves into the role. They really allow themselves. If they're a method actor, especially, they they show you scenes in their life reenacted that they're bringing up to the surface in, in for the purpose of the performance. So I, I never see it bothers me. And I talked about my, I talked about this on, on the podcast with my dad a few weeks ago. It bothers me when there is clearly supposed to be a nude scene in a movie. And I don't see it. I'll give you a perfect example. You've seen it a thousand times when a, two people like passionately fuck. And then afterwards the girl sits with the fucking sheet tucked under her armpits and over her boobs right. i'm like that that is never that has never happened in all of my life 
And if it did, I'd immediately pull that sheet down. I'd be like, no, I got to look at it. Like, that's like three-fourths of the reason why you're still here. Like, I want to look at the titties, like, as much as possible. I'm glad I'm here for you, Mitch, because let me tell you something, my friend. (laughs) Are you telling me that you've been with several women, in fact, most women, where they put the sheet up over the boobs and then tuck it under their armpits? And not because they're cold, just because. Yes. Really? Absolutely. All right. Well, apparently I here, here, here's, that here's, just doesn't make any sense. But the other one the is difference like between let me give you a, that... let me give you an example where it worked out well that I would have felt very awkward if it didn't. You saw American Beauty. I did. Okay. Now this is an example of this is why artistic from an artistic standpoint. Yeah. Um, this is why I get sort of upset when when there's there's people who go I don't do a nude scenes in movies because I go well. If the role calls for it, and not it, it's not Car Wash Babes 12 or anything. I'm talking right. like a fucking good movie, like American Beauty. Right. The point, the part where his daughter stands in front of the window. Right. And she disrobes in front of the neighbor. Right. Now, there was a huge thing in, throughout the early part of the movie where she was uncomfortable with her body. She wanted breast augmentation. You see her Googling breast augmentation, looking yep. at before and after. Mm-hmm. And she said she's saving up to get a boob job. So clearly has body image issues, and specifically breast-related ones. Right. So the part where she stands in front of the window and disrobes very in revealing, front of the neighbor. Very vulnerable. Right. Very vulnerable. And she says, this is me and all right. of my imperfections that I hate about myself. Now, if at that moment you didn't see the boobs, I feel like it would take you out of the movie because you immediately start thinking, does that actress sign a no nudity clause in her contract? What is it? You know, it would take you out of it. You needed to see that. And they were great tits, by the way. But irrespective of that, you needed to see it because it made that scene so much more powerful. You took that out. It would be fucking right nowhere now near with that. modern technology. That same actress is like, yes, I will show you the full shape and everything, but I need some form of shadow from this. I will show you the full on boobs. I will stand there with my top off, but I want you to put flesh colored things over my nipples and graft them in. And you have a problem with that? I do. Why? Let the woman have a have a little bit of privacy. You okay? You worked in okay, porn. Okay, okay, Wait, you okay. worked in porn. I don't. I don't want to. You say, worked I, in porn. I will not go you, so far. Hold on. You worked yes. in porn. Okay. Let's, let's skip, so let me let's, ask. Hold okay. on. Let's no, no, skip wait, back. Just, just wait, real quick. Hold on. Just real quick. No, no, to let answer me, your question. Let me, it's not so much that I have a problem with that. It's weird to me. It does. It's hard for me to grasp. You worked. In I would porn. have a problem with. I would have had a problem with if in that American Beauty scene there was no boobs. Right. That I would have had a okay. problem with. Okay. Now, if she wanted fake nipples, I wouldn't have. A, I wouldn't know. Obviously. Right. I didn't know any of these were fake. Right. But it's weird to me. Okay. I'm not yelling at okay. these girls. Sure, if they sure, want to sure. have sure, that sure. modicum of modesty okay. or or whatever, you fine. worked it's in weird porn. Didn't you work with a few women who are like, listen, at home. I will do A, B, or C, but not on film. You think I was a porn star? No. I thought you filmed it or worked in it or edited it or website, whatever. You knew some women or have been with some women who were in porn. Yes. Yes. Quite, Quite a few. So you know there's a few things that some of them are like, listen, I may do this at home. But on screen, I don't. I know that happens. It has not happened to me, but I do know that happens. Okay. I don't Same ask the, the porn stars that I've slept with, uh, girls in porn, I should say. Some of them porn stars, some of them just, you know, some chick who blew a guy on camera. Um, but that makes them a star, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, like Rick Conkler used to say. You're a star! And, and about eight other comedians, but all right. Anyway. Um, 
<laughs> Chelsea Handler comes to mind. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've certainly heard that before, but um, the the women I'd been with uh, that worked in porn, we didn't talk about it. I didn't. I didn't um, because I, I think it's just that thing is they were so used to like the fanboy, like tell me about porn. But it's like I made websites for so long. And the first job I had making websites was a fetish porn company, and they filmed in the building that I worked. So all day long, women would walk naked through the halls, and then a lot of times you'd walk into the wrong room in the middle of a scene, and you were like, oh, I'm sorry, and you just had to close the door and just not... You, you, the whole rule was if you walked in on it, don't say anything because you'll ruin the scene. Right. They never filmed anywhere near a door, so you couldn't see it. So if you walked in, you just go... You right. were welcome to stand and watch, but I mean, you know, I didn't. I was like, whatever, fuck it. Uh, it was fetish stuff. It was kind of, you know, chicks jumping on dudes' backs and kicking them in the nuts and shit like that, but whatever. Um, so all the, you know, sort of normal questions that I guess somebody would be curious about when it comes to porn stars, I kind of already had answered for me, so I didn't need to. So I, I think that because of that, we never got into what you'll do at as, home as, versus so, on as, camera. as somebody is a pop culture fan, I have seen many interviews with many a porn star who are like, listen, yeah. uh, I am a vivid porn star. I don't do anal scenes. I'll do it at home, and that's what I do. I give myself something to do with my significant other sure. that allows me some sort of privacy that I don't share that vulnerability on screen. I'm glad you brought up porn because here's the other side of it. Here's the part where, again, going back to like sort of the amateur stuff or things like that, is I think about like, for instance, uh, again, I, you know, you look at you look at like amateur things where you see like a photo of a chick like grabbing a dick or something like that, right. and I have to feel like. There's a part of her, like in her brain, where she's like, there's only so much I would even show on camera, like me doing. Like, would would be more embarrassing if a girl had a photo of her blowing a guy versus giving him a hand job. I don't know. Probably she'd be slightly more embarrassed if, like, there was a picture of her, like, spreading her pussy and he was slamming her from the front and the picture was from above. That would probably be higher up than, let's say, if you had a photo of her backside and she was sitting on top of it, she probably wouldn't be as embarrassed, I think. I'm guessing. You're looking at me weird. You don't think about these things? No. Okay. I I, I just think about people's lines I because I'm so fascinated by the gray line that people have in decencies uh, and, and maybe a conversational decency I, or public or it, whatever have it's, you. It's curious to me. It's uh, interesting. But I, I have the same things. For example... You know, uh, I don't talk about, you know, I try, I, I, I'm one of those weird people who doesn't stick around after a set. Okay. I don't want to be there. You know, after, after I do a comedy set, the last place I want to be is around the people I just did the set with. Like, if you want to come up and shake my hand real quick and say hi and say, thank you. That was great. That's about all this I really up, want. obviously doesn't apply to hosting jobs. You're talking. Obviously, but, uh, but no, it, you're it, saying it does. when you I, I don't want to be so when you when you ho- when you get off stage, well, I have noticed actually you were standing behind me and then I turned to talk to you and you were just gone. Yeah. That's when this when this when I'm off state, when I'm done with the show. Oh, OK. I've basically been vulnerable on stage and I don't want you to come up and ask questions about the jokes. Hmm. Hey, is that real? Hey, that really happened. Hey, is this? No, mm, it makes me uncomfortable. Because then I'm like, yeah, as a matter of fact, it is. And most of the things I talk about is something 
kind of don't want to really talk about. But it's funny, and I know it. Okay? So at the same time, if you're if you're taking a picture of yourself and putting it on the internet or somebody put it on the internet sure you don't really want to talk about it it's kind of, it, you may have some pride about it who said anything about talking about it? well you you're talking about embarrassment well yeah but that's not talking about it. i'm just saying i wonder well i'll give you i'll give you a, a parallel um there was a girl um who was over here at this apartment um eh, i don't know at some point during the time i've lived here uh, and we were both drunk, and she just decided to start giving me a hand job for whatever reason. And uh, and I was drunk, and I just had like my head leaned back, and I like looked over, and she's like filming herself giving me a hand job. And my only thought was like, I kind of hope my face isn't in this. But then I was like, eh, what's the worst that happens? There's a there's a video of Mitch getting a hand job, right? Whatever. And then I was like, well, how far would that? What if she suddenly was like, now shove it in my ass? Like, would I suddenly be like, well, then turn off the camera? Like, it, what, I was sitting there, like, thinking drunk, like, thinking, like, what point do I say, like, no, that's not okay to film? I don't know. I didn't really have an answer, so I just kind of just. My answer is you don't, <laughs> you don't get any sexual stuff on the. I've never put anything that would be closely. I normally would. That's literally that's the only time that's ever happened. And you'd think it would happen Every, all uh, the time in my I'd, life. I'd say a good number of people in the technology age have some point filmed themselves. Yeah, that's literally. I've other. never had the desire to, and I didn't necessarily that night. Oh, I've. But I've, it was already happening, and I I've, went. I've oh. done it. But what did I do with it afterwards? Did you burn it? Did you smash it into pieces? I I immediately watched it, which was a mistake. Oh, right after it's. Oh not yeah, yeah. A, not it's not very arousing when you're not aroused. Yeah, sure. and so I immediately erased it because that's what I did. I was too nervous about the medium I captured it on. You know, one time it was on a camera. One time it was on a webcam that Ooh, I recorded several. onto like a a you know a uh, the computer. Sure. And so I was so terrified of the security of my of my computer being compromised so i deleted them and never kept it long enough to watch it a second time maybe i'm just an egotist i'm uh, you know i i an ex-girlfriend of mine uh she was like she was all about getting fucked on a webcam i used to do that all the time um maybe somebody recorded it probably not probably just watched it and we're like yeah you know for a room full of people what do you do um, <laughs> I don't think it's. So. Hey, why don't you guys come over for a dinner party and let's watch this? Well, no, when you go into these fucking... web, you go to these web chat rooms and it's like five, six people watching you from their respective homes. I call it a room because oh, it's a chat oh, room. Yeah, so it's like you know, like and everybody's like, and you just focus on the one girl who's rubbing right. herself, and you're like, yeah, this is for you, you know, and you ignore the six dudes stroking their cock. You're like, right. I don't want to look at that. Right. Um, I don't know. It's possible somebody filmed that, but it's like, you know, probably not. Uh, it's never surfaced, and why would it? I'm just some right. douchebag fucking his girlfriend, you know. Now, naturally, if I were suddenly famous, that would be everybody in that room would have been like, yeah, find the screen recording software. <laughs> you know what I mean? This yeah. will be good. Uh, but there's just such a, I don't know, I'm just sort, sort of interested by by a lot of those sort of uh, what you show the public versus the private and what one will hide. And that I'm just, in any situation, not just with sex, a lot with sex, but... There's so many things where I'm I'm fascinated by the gray area. I'm fascinated so much by that thin gray line of of yes or no that people. I'll give you another example. Um, <laughs> okay, um, do you agree with the current age of consent in California? Eighteen years old. <sighs> I 
You don't have to give me a yes or no because I have a follow up. Uh, you know, I I think it could be younger. Okay, so here's the thing. I think we as a society can generally agree that if a 17-year-old girl is fucking an 18-year-old guy, there's no crime. Correct. Okay, we can we can reasonably agree right. that. Can we agree maybe that a 16-year-old girl and an 18-year-old guy is probably okay? Yeah. Okay, what about 15? A 15 and an 18-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. 14. You're pushing it. Okay. You're this push, is, this is, really, here, here comes the gray area. 14 and 9 months. 14 and 11 months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's the problem with AOC laws. Now, I'm not, uh, part of me goes like, well, what would be the solution? You fucking give them a test to see if they're psychologically ready? Uh, the way I rule is is kind of like, uh, when I was in Phoenix, that, that gray line extended from <laughs> kind of all ages to all ages. I mean, I knew 14-year-old girls who were dating 27-year-old dudes. Um, I haven't seen that so much out here. But in Phoenix, that happened all the time. And I mean, I, I can remember being in the middle of like an acid party and I was fucking this girl and uh, I was 19 and in the middle of it found out she was 15. And I was like, oh, this is just wrong. I should totally stop right now. But then it was like, well, what's the point? I'm already fucking her. <laughs> she fucking came on to me. Yeah. You know, I wasn't I, no, taking listen, advantage of listen, it. I, like, I wasn't taking advantage it's, of it. It's, uh, it's tough because in Washington State, where I'm from, it, it was a two-year age of consent law. So, Oh, okay. That's not bad. If you're 17, you could have sex with a 19-year-old. You know, that, that's where it was. So it's not so much 18, blah, blah, blah. No, it's there was the 17. Years. It's yeah, over it's, 18. Yeah, it's yeah. all out and yeah. whatever. And but the, but the two-year below 18. They're like, you know, as long as you're under 20. And I get the, the you know, the... The hypocrisy of it, you know, you're allowed to drive a car, but you can't drive yeah. your own body, you know, and, you know, I, I get a little bit of it. Uh, well, I think what it comes down to, I think what a lot, I mean, we all know the law comes from dads. I mean, it's like, nobody fucks my daughter. And it's like, what, she's 18 and living out of the house. What are you going to do? Fucking spy on her pussy every night? I, so we all know that. But from a, from a, Larger standpoint, like we talked about on this show, I don't know if you were, if it was one of the episodes you were on, but we talked about that guy from Lost. Is that the episode you were on? The guy from Lost, uh, who was is like, he was older than the father of the girl he married, who was seventeen, like this pop singer, quote unquote, wannabe pop singer girl, and he married her, and he's like forty eight. Yeah, I just couldn't remember who the guy was on Lost. Yeah, yeah. And so you remember that episode? So that's one of those things where it's like that's why the law is made because it's like, look. I get that she doesn't, quote unquote, she doesn't think anything's wrong. Right. You know what I mean? She's right. like, oh my God, older man, how sweet. He's been on TV. He's going to make my career. You know, whatever have you. I get it. And obviously, he doesn't think anything's wrong because he's fucked in the head. But there's something fucking wrong there. Right. She's seven goddamn teen and you're 48. You're older than her father. Absolutely. But it's like, how do you... It, 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 throughout all laws, not just AOC laws, but throughout a lot of laws, it's where do you draw the line? Uh, how do you how do you legislate manners and proper fucking being a human? It's hard. It's it's really hard because uh, you know every time you think there's something that you know this is across the board, this just makes sense. You know, you, the, you know, and then something comes up and you're like, <sighs> right, right. You know, like I don't know, I. Because there's, I, I get like I've heard this, Adam Carolla talks about a lot of times. He said there used to be a thing called spirit of the law over letter of the law, 
And if we went with that, we'd be probably okay. Sure. Spirit of the law. That 17 to 14 year, 48 year old. Eh-eh. Spirit of the law. Uh, uh, the 17 year old and 18 year old. That's fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Spirit right. of the law. Right. Letter of the law. Right. You know, well, different then, story. Then, then you get into a whole nother very interesting, you know, do people in, you know, what is their interpretation? And most people are not imaginative enough to take some advice off a piece of paper that they hold true and interpret it and extrapolate it out to mean, well, they probably mean more so this. Sure, sure. I and what do, you, rel- what do you do in situations where you meet a girl who says she's 18? Right. You know what you I mean? Know, and uh, I don't think I've ever had any of those, but I could be wrong. I I mean I, when we, I was you, you and I both I mean we we perform in twenty one and older clubs all the time right we have no clue now granted you're, you're out of the game on this one right. but but I have no clue if any of the girls in there used a fake ID to get in mm-hmm. I just have to trust that they probably did which is one of the reasons I'm so glad I'm out of the game <laughs> I mean because these these so these but teenage it, look, kid the guys old and the girls enough to are fake if you're old enough to fake it. Yeah. And get in and drink and you've made that decision on your own and you've made the decision to lie to me to jump on my dick, then you're old enough to have made that decision and I, and I feel like there's no law there. I agree. Now admittedly, if mid coitus she was like by the way I lied I'm 16, I mean I'd finish, but then I'd be upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'd do honestly. That would be really that would be too much for me. I have no idea what I'd do. Yeah. I don't know. I do remember when I was uh, when I was doing my internet TV show some years ago, and I had a pseudo famous, if you will. Um, there was a girl on MySpace who invited me to her 18th birthday party, and I was like, she just sent me an invite, and I right. was like, and I was just kind of ignoring it. And then she sent me like a follow up message. She was like, I really wish you'd, you'd come out. You know, it'd be really fun. It would be cool to have you. Blah blah. blah. She's like, love your show and all this stuff. And she's always hoping you could be my birthday present. And I was like thinking, she just means like as an appearance, you want me to do comedy at your birthday or something like this? And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> she was very explicit there afterwards. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I think there's a law that I'm not even allowed to say yes online right now. Yeah. No, I, was like, I, I was like 26 or something. And I was like, I, I think I'm supposed to say no. I think just by the law, I think I'm supposed to say no. But then it was like, you know, technically that's legal, right? Like, yes, it feels creepy. Uh, it, that's why I didn't it do it. I'm just saying. It's all about. Um... <laughs> Are we making you uncomfortable yet? No, I just. Uh, uh, I love me some gray areas. Uh... <laughs> Are you getting texts from people that are watching that are all creeped out now or what's what's going on? I got a couple texts. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, you guys have gone into a very weird area. That's like that's right. <laughs> now we have. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you wait till now to say that shit. Um, <laughs> uh, what I will say is, uh, what I will say is this: is that Dave Chappelle had a good bit about it. How old is fourteen really? You know, he's like, he was talking about. You know, Teddy mentioned this before. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I remember the when I Kelly thing. when I was. When I lost my virginity, it was a couple days before I turned eighteen. Now you never had virginity. It's the first time you had you had sex. I hate to get necromancer on you and all the things, but the the classic pagan word 
virgin refers before i had ever had sex just saying if you were say to sacrifice a virgin you wouldn't find like a dude with pock marks on his face you know what i'm saying you'd find uh, you know a female so before men are I never have... virgins they just haven't fucked yet sorry got <laughs> you done yeah. With the pagan. Yeah, just Sorry. trying to be semantic. All right, thanks. You know me. All Captain. right. So prior to your fucking. Prior to my ever of having sex, when I decided that I was about Wait, to. Wait, real turn... quick. Did you, prior to having sex, did you have any other, like, hand jobs? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had So you were, okay. So that's the same thing. I, I didn't consider any of that sex until I actually no, put it, it in a machine. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. That, okay. I mean, I, it was all the same, all same girl, by the way. Oh, uh, so I boring. Yeah. All right, well, tell me I mean, about your sex then, sir. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a relationship. It was we would get together and kind of fool around, and then right. and then I'd go home, and right. or she'd go it's home. A little more exciting, though. right? Okay, I'll give you some. Uh, we hadn't been Seattle. dating or anything. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. So to the book, okay. I, I had we hadn't been dating. We had been dating other people or whatever, and and before I turned eighteen, you know, we had been in a relationship for a little while, and I broke up because she wanted to have sex. Now. She, I was 16. She was 14 at that time. Okay. And then before I turned 18, she was still. She'd have been 16, I guess, right? Or just about to turn 16. So she Ooh, was 15. Wow. Okay. So uh, she was literally like a month from her birthday. So I'm like, okay, she's going to be 16. I'm going to be 18 in a couple of days. So it's two years, you know. Right, right. So in my head, I justified it. Right. You know, she'd had sex before. Okay. So I figured. She's old enough to have had sex. So did you did you wait till she was sixteen? Did you wait that extra month, or did you wait till you were? Or did no, you... I wanted to have sex before I was eighteen. Mm. I so okay. a, a day before my birthday, right? Her parents are out of town, so I went over there and we had sex. Right, so that I right. figured, okay, I'm still seventeen. So what? That she's fifteen. It's two years, right? Two years exactly. difference. Exactly. Junior, sophomore, freshman, whatever. Uh, so, but then, you know, a day later I'm 18 and I, if it was a day later, I would have been an 18 year old having sex with a 15 year old, you know, which seems fucked up, you know, but she was more mature and older than I was activity wise. She, she'd had a serious relationship. She'd been with a guy who was 20 something years old, you know, and you know what the thing is like when you're younger and you hear about the girls dating the older guys, you're kind of jealous of the older guy and shit like that. But then you get older and you're like, dude, that guy was fucked up. You know, it's like, how, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he had it, no it, problem. Of course. Fucking a 14 year old. Right. And it's like, and he's, and at the time, and the girls drink. are fine with it. Girls never question it. They're like, oh, no, that was fine. And I feel like almost, I don't know, I'd have to find some girls who dated guys in their mid 20s when they were 14 and 15 years old and talk to them now, like when they're, when they're right. now the age or older. Uh, but but I remember my recollection of those times, the girls just did not care. Like, they were fine with that. If anything, it was a turn-on. And I'm like, surely you know now, at the age you are, how creepy that would be. Oh, yeah, if you sure. had a fucking male, like, if to ask that girl specifically, the girl you're talking about, for instance, if you were to talk to her now and say, take the age you are now, could you imagine if a male friend of yours, the same age, was dating a 14-year-old girl, how fucking grossed out you'd be? You'd be terrified. You'd be like, you are a sick, sick fucking man. I'm needing to fucking call I'm, the I'm cops 20, on I'm you. I'm 28, and if any of my friends were like, yeah, I'm going to go pick up my girlfriend, where? Hollywood High School. I'd be like, you, I'm yeah, fucking like, turning yeah. your ass in. Yeah. You're no, we're going to take a ride at Dateline and fucking, I'll 
drop you off. She better have been held back five years. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. She better be a 20-year-old. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's God. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. But, you know, uh, here's and the that's what fucked I'm up Four thing. more years before I can start Here, fucking <laughs> Uh, that's well, cool. You're, 30, you're 32. Yeah, four more years, I can fuck them half my age legally. Oh, so, right. That's right. right. I forget. Right. We've been right. over this. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I just have to do it once, hey. just once. So you're just gonna stay single to that till that time? Huh? Uh, that won't be a very difficult thing to do. Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get late. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I'm glad. I'm glad you hey, saw hey, that. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. the. Uh, it was a very good Roddy Dangerfield. Hey, hey, I liked it. But, <laughs> That's all uh, I can do. It's it's not like I it's not like I'm going to stay single. But I I just about guarantee I will be single on my 36th birthday. I would I would almost put money down on it. Okay. Now will I will an 18 year old be like, oh my god, it's Mitch? Probably not. <laughs> but I will do a comedy show around that time and make a joke about the fact that I can now legally fuck women half my age. And, and I'm we've sure... come full circle, <laughs> talking about what we started with. How's that? I said when women see you on stage, you're like, oh, no, 18-year-old's yeah. probably not going to want to fuck me unless you'd seen me on stage at I'm an all-ages sure. showcase. I'm pretty and sure. And I was at her college, <laughs> and it was panty raid night, and Mitch was there and 36 and bouncing with a Viagra erection. <laughs> Are you assuming I will need Viagra? I, w- I, uh... I will be using it if I was fucking an 18-year-old <laughs> at 36. I don't think I'll need it. I think 18-year-olds are Viagra, frankly. I don't know. I'm just thinking the moment I say I can legally fuck chicks half my age, pussies slam shut like old car doors. (laughs) Yeah, just... (laughs) I'd be like, you guys hear that? No, then then you hear... Sounded like an audience full of... (laughs) 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 I don't need you to take a seat right over there. (laughs) Just go ahead and take a seat there. Boop, boop. Uh, so what other? Th- yeah, yeah. So, uh, 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 well, here I'll, I'll. I don't know. Did I tell the? Did I tell my peeing story at the? Uh, the my R. Kelly uh, story. Is it about you peeing on a chick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I ever tell that story right, on you? Know, maybe we should skip. The, okay, uh, right, R. Kelly skip story. It, skip it. Okay. Something it, that was criminal it. for a guy. Well, I think the statute of limitations is over. The girl became a porn star. It's all good. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then I'll and just, oddly I'll enough, see. I saw her last weekend for the first time in like four years. I saw her at a club last, like last weekend. I just I never get that image out of my head. But it's interesting because I remember. <laughs> Neither will I. I remember that that around the time that the R. Kelly pissing thing was going on, or whatever, or maybe not around that time, but certainly I remember sitting down to write jokes about R. Kelly peeing on a fifteen-year-old girl, or whatever, right? Or fourteen, however she was. She's fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Um, and I remember sitting down to like write jokes about that. I had all these funny things to say about it and about like, could you imagine blah, blah, and this whole thing. And then I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute. When I was like 18, I peed on a 14 year old girl, but it wasn't like the same thing. Like I wasn't like bitch, I'm going to piss on you. Like, you know, I didn't pee on her face. Uh, she's very particular about that. It was... Uh, it was Could a, you please uh, tell me this is a jellyfish sting or something that we're talking about? Okay, here's about. what happened. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was... Uh, okay. I lived in Phoenix at this one apartment, and next door to me was um, 
was these two guys I knew and and a girl I I knew from my past who lived with them, and uh, she she was like in the spare bedroom or whatever, and uh, my friend and I were fucking whacked out on acid and we're like let's go over there and see what's up. <laughs> this is so the second acid story tonight. Go ahead. Is it really? Yeah. Did I tell an earlier acid story? Yeah. When did I? What was the other one? Just keep going with the story so you don't forget this one. I won't forget this one. I'm just, I don't remember me mentioning acid before. I have a lot of acid stories. I have a few in Seattle. Um, the last time I did acid, in fact, was in Seattle. Um, so, okay, so we went next door. The girl's name was Brittany. So we went over and we were hanging out in Brittany's room. My friend Kevin and I were hanging out in Brittany's room. Yeah, I shouldn't really use their first names, but it doesn't matter. Uh, there's a lot of Brittany's and Kevin's in the world. So we're over and we're hanging out in her room and we're just frying balls. And the whole time she's on the phone with some dude. She had just moved back from uh, California. She was like living in Hollywood, and she moved back over to Phoenix. And she was talking to some German guy she met over here. And or or no, she wasn't actually talking to. Him. She was like calling him on the phone. And it seemed like it was ringing forever. And we were just sitting there in a room, like, "The fuck are you doing?" Now, mind you, this is not the girl. I this is not the fourteen year old. This is this girl was same age as I was. She was nineteen. I was nineteen. Um. And she was sitting there on the phone, like, calling and calling this guy. And then she would, like, leave these really lengthy voicemails. And Kevin and I were just tripping balls. And then finally it was like, we're just sitting in Brittany's room while she's calling some weird German guy. And she has all the lights on, which is really tacky when I'm on acid. And I was like, let's let's just go back to our apartment and fucking fry. So we get up, and she fucking, she's drunk. And she, like, slams the door, and she, like, puts her body in front of her. She's like, don't go anywhere. I want to go with. I just need to make a call. And she's on the phone, and I'm like, I really just need to go back to my apartment. I just, where the lights are low, it's too much brightness in here. And I go to turn off her light, and she don't touch the light. She's standing in the doorway. And I was like, but I need to go to the bathroom. She goes, fuck you, just hold on, I'm on the damn phone. And I remember that when I was in elementary school, or middle school, I think it was, my friends and I had this ongoing joke that if if the teacher was like, if you said, teacher, can I use the bathroom? And they were like, no. We were like, man, you, one of these days, I'm just going to be like, if you don't let me get up and pee, I'm going to fucking whip it out and piss on you. You know, Nobody ever did it, but we always used to say, like, I'm going to do that. So that, that memory came flooding to my acid-filled brain, and I just said, listen, if you don't let me leave this room and piss, I'm going to fucking whip it out and piss on you. And she just put her hand up. And she was like, hold on, I'm on the phone. I was like, Bitch, I need to pee. I'm going to piss on you. And then she like puts the phone down. And she goes, you wouldn't dare. And then just gets back on the phone. And I was like, and I look at my friend Kevin and he's laughing because he's thinking like, you're thinking about it, aren't you? You're like thinking about it right now. And I said, here's the thing. I would probably do that just to fucking prove a point just because you said I wouldn't. But I'm smart enough to know that if I pee on you right now, it's going to dribble onto the carpet. It's going to spray back and land on the carpet. And there will be piss stains on your carpet. Maybe even a piss smell. And everybody who sees it or smells it is going to go, what happened? And you're going to say, Mitch pulled his dick out and peed all over the place. And I don't want that story. I have enough stories in Phoenix about me doing crazy shit. I didn't need this one to add on to it. So I said, no, because if I whip it out, I'm going to piss. It's going to get on the carpet. You're going to piss stains. And she goes, ah, 
you men never say what you you know you never never do what you say you're gonna do. That was her. Yeah, right. Like really, just. Well, she's so she's challenging you. She's to totally piss on challenging her. me at this point, and I'm like, I'm like, oh god, if you only knew the things I've done to people who challenge me on these things, and I was like, bitch, I will fucking drag you into the bathroom, throw you in a tub, and piss in your face. And she just goes, click, hangs up the phone, walks out of the bathroom, turns around, grabs my hand, walks into the bathroom, strips naked, jumps into the bathtub, and said, "Don't get it on my nipple piercings." She just had her nipples pierced. Which, by the way, this is the girl who paid for me to get my dick pierced. So, we go way back. Um, so, now, I have been challenged. You can understand that you have to do it at that point, right? Like, I'm not crazy. Like, I see that you're covering your mouth and you're yes, staring at you the ceiling. Yes, you have to do it, but you, you got to- into that situation. No other normal human being would get into that situation, Mitch. That's probably true. That is that is a fair thing to say. Oh that is a fair God. that is a fair remark. But but the point is that I said it as a joke and then she challenged me on it. And it's like okay, now I and then at this point, now I'm in the bathtub situation. I have to. So then I yeah, I did my thing. Sometimes she's like giggling or whatever, and then she just laid in the bathtub and fucking masturbated. And then she came over to the apartment afterwards because my friend Kevin and I walked like out to his living room, out to this dude's living room, and there was like 10 people there. And they were like, what the fuck is she doing in there? She's like making all kind of noise. What did, you, what did you do to her? And I was like, I fucking pissed on her. And like everybody just hit the floor. Just, I had to crawl home. I was laughing so hard. Then I get home and Kevin and I are still talking about it, laughing our asses off. Brittany walks in the door, right? She had just had a shower. She walks over and drops to her knees and starts just blowing me. And she goes, I just wanted to thank you. I've always wanted somebody to piss on me. So I'm like, so you just made it out. So you're the hero in this story. Let me get this straight. (laughs) That is absolutely what happened. (laughs) I tell you that story to tell you this one. (laughs) Fast forward about three or four days. Jesus. I'm at my friend's house, uh, another friend's house. Oh, and uh, and I'm I'm with Kevin, and we're telling this epic tale because it's just so goddamn funny. I said you have to hear this story, and Kevin's you know helping back me up. Like, yes, this actually happened. I was there. I, I can prove that it absolutely happened. All this different stuff. And I tell the whole thing. Now there was a girl there. Let's call her. Give me a female's name. Jessica. Jessica. Let's call her Jessica. So this girl there, Jessica, who was just like. This this dirty little I, I think she's fifteen, but just she was just I watched the girl snort come out of her hand. Let's put it that way. She's Jesus just a filthy bitch. woman, filthy God filthy girl. I, look, I didn't do it. I just watched it happen. Okay, I didn't tell her to do it necessarily. Jesus. No, um, Jesus. it's just what happened. It's Phoenix. We get bored. Uh, we do things with fucked up. When somebody's like, "Hey, I'll do anything for blank," and you're bored, you kind of go, ah, "I bet you wouldn't blank," and then they do it. Anyway, so we're over there hanging out. I apologize out. to the citizenship of <laughs> Phoenix at this point. Don't. Believe me, I'm sure it's still going on. So so, uh, so she goes, so she asked you to pee on her, and you did. And I was like, yeah, because ah, she wouldn't move. Ah. We're like laughing and everything else like that. And she goes, I've never been peed on. And my friend goes. Who the fuck are you talking to, Mitch? Phoenix, brother. Phoenix. So my friend goes, Kevin, goes, would you let Mitch pee on you? And she just kind of stood there, and he goes, you know you'd get to see his dick. 
And with that, she just stripped naked and like ran to the bathroom. And then I got thrown in there. And I was like, I really, this is really uncomfortable for me. I should probably just go. And she goes, no, 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 it's fine. It's okay. Just, just, just a little bit. And I was like, can I just pee in the toilet? And she goes, no, because they'll hear the water. I was like, fuck. So I just did a little kind of spritz, spritz. And then I think a statute of limitations, I think, like I said, of, of that. Uh, interestingly, she was on a reality show about porn stars that, oh, I shouldn't say, because then the people will figure out who she is. But she later became a porn star, and apparently in interviews, she credited me with uh, some sort of like turning on her wild side or something like that. She didn't say my name. She said, I never said your name. I said, I kind of wish you would have. That would have been an interesting thing to see in the Googlings, but apparently. Mitch Marzoni, I'll say your name. Yeah, you're, yeah. You are the So that's literally you're, look. You're the golden you understand king. that that situations just happen. It's not like I planned this. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to go around and pee on 50. I'm just saying, I don't think that's R. Kelly's case. I get that. He clearly had a fetish for peeing on girls' faces. He fucking filmed it. I didn't do any of that. I'm just saying that I was going to write a joke about him doing that and then realized, oh shit, I've done that. Okay, so apparently I've just uh, taken us down a road we should have I never totally gone. Is that really? No, how to respond to you, man? Yeah. I'm sitting like <laughs> I know you're sitting like you're like you're like I peed on you right now. You look like you're like I don't even know what to say. It's like what should I tell the story? Guy? Should I tell the story? No, I'm not gonna. Here, so I peed on two women. Two, Mitch, two. Here, here's the thing. Then, here's, then it, that here, back here's, then it was here's, two. I know. Oh, sh- Mitch, <laughs> I was 19. I'm 32 now. Come on, you think I'd hang up the hat? Anyway, God. Look, I, I will get, side. Listen, I get in a weird situation. Shut up. You I will know si- that I will now. side with you on one. Th- I will. I will side with you on one thing. Oh, this is going to be good. Minus, minus some other sort of bodily function. If a woman asks me to do just about anything to make her happy, I will do it. Thank you. I don't care what that is. Right. I don't have to go into a detailed story. No, no need to go. But I'll tell you, if 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 uh, if I'm with a woman and she says this will make me happy, she says if I lay in the bathtub, I really just want you to pee on me. You'd be like, okay, yeah, let's do that. If if it's gonna if it's gonna rile her up something fierce, right. Now you, I assume you're saying that you draw the line of defecation. Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. I don't do the brown showers either. I'm with you. Just uh, not into it. Not into it. Not I have into an interesting story either. about that. Not, no, I don't. <laughs> you're fucking, you're I, cut off, motherfucker. All right. Well, I'll save that story you, for another day. Yeah, you will save it for another. I did day. not. I did not you save it for the Josh Waldron episode. Nobody shat on me. You save it for the. <laughs> nobody shat on me, and I didn't shit shit on anybody. Okay, I never seen anybody shit on anybody else in person. Everybody's seen videos, of course. Do we have any other? T- I have. Well, we we're almost out of time. We got a three I've, minutes. I mean, for this portion, we can yeah. go into overtime if you want to hang out. I mean, <laughs> we can talk this? about far more normal subjects. <sighs> but look, we get into gray areas. I have to bring up interesting stories to Golden prove areas. points. You understand? I have to bring up. You know. Oh my lord! Don't pretend that wasn't I, fascinating. I love you, but I just thank you. You know how to make me squirm. That was a squirmy story, really. Girls getting pissed on, yeah. They both asked for it. I don't give a shit if they both fucking paid you to do it. It's you still... do care. You just said that you would do the same thing if the I, girl if it I, really I, turned her did. on. Yes, I would. Both but... of them were turned on by it. What do you want from me? How are we any different? Just that I've done it and you theoretically would? What? 
95% of the shit I theoretically will do, I will never do. Ah. You understand? See, that's where you and I differ. No, I mean, like, it will never come up. When push comes it to ne- shove. It will never come up. Look, when the going gets tough, the tough might have to whip it out and pee on somebody. I'm just I've saying. had, listen, I've had the going get tough. <laughs> yeah, all right? yeah, I've yeah. done the things right. that I don't talk about. I've done things you people wouldn't even imagine. Exactly. You don't even know. Like Blade Runner. <laughs> I've done things. <laughs> uh, Why? Yeah, so you don't talk about it. I guess that's the difference then. Well, it's like because right. it's so like it's behind closed doors type shit. We're just friends. We're all friends. Here. We're all friends. You and me and the world. The world. Look, man, somebody's got to write a memoir. Shit. You want me to go, I'm gonna go through this life having all these crazy experiences and never talk about it? That's no fun at all. Some of the things will only be between me and the person who actually Let's just put it that way. I you hope. see, this is why, do you see, this is why my comedy set uh, is so often uh, geared towards sex because I feel like there's so many kind of interesting stories about what people will do behind closed doors. And then moreover, I have this thing, uh, it's a weird sort of talent I have that I can make almost any social situation, I can make an analogy into sex. And it's not so much even social situations. It's like a, like I have an analogy, like, like I can explain why uh, Pantera is a better band than um, uh, uh, Avenged Sevenfold via sex. So... Uh-oh. I'll make it very quick because we only got a few seconds left, really. Uh, Pantera, right? Dun, 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 dun. Verse, right? Just kicking it, just just mm-hmm. jamming, right? Just getting into the groove, getting you getting you hooked, mm-hmm. giving you some good riffs, right? right? right, right. Getting some some good singing. and then fucking uh, chorus hits, and that's when you kicking it overtime for like thirty seconds a minute. Right. You, nobody's got that kind of. Come on, you got to just do it for like a thirty right. seconds a minute, and then they're like, "Oh my god, I can't!" And you're like, "Slow it down again." You're like, right, "Yeah, we're right. going back into this." Now, Event Sevenfold goes the opposite way, pounds like crazy, and then when they're like, "Oh," he slows down, like thirty seconds in a minute, and they're like, "What? The f- what the fuck?" They got the rhythm go, all wrong. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? Right. What are, you, are you trying to be a fucking some kind of superhero? Fuck me like that, and then just fucking sl- no, no, no. You got to switch that shit up. You got to caress before you that's what I'm saying right I really should have used Nirvana instead of Pantera but regardless no but Nirvana any Nirvana band. explosive when you do that explosive chorus thing that's how you should fuck yeah. like a Nirvana song or or This Love by Pantera uh, don't fuck to Great Southern Trend Kill by Pantera you'll break your dick every out. great song doesn't start with the full instrument panel at the very first 10 right. seconds right. it should be just like it should sex. be one instrument very slowly teasing you in yeah. slowly working you up with a little foreplay and then fucking you like a champion and then letting you breathe for a second and then doing it all over again for the rest of the song. That's right. That's the way it should go. That's the way it goes. And it's the, like, and it's, great like songs it's like if too. you were making out with a girl and then the clothes come off, you know, all nice and slow and everything else like that. You're just getting into foreplay and you start pounding away. Oh, you're fucking, that's it, ousted. That's it. What are you doing? What the hell's the matter with you? The greatest song to ever have sex to still personally to me for that reason is closer no it's good i think it's i think it's i got my first hand job to that song i i personally that song and uh strangely enough i think lounge act by nirvana is uh one of the one of the better Mm -hmm. songs to fuck to um although i i gotta say uh a lot of skinny puppy stuff really works well because it's it builds up for 10 minutes 
And then it turns into this weird thing at the end where you can't even hear what anybody's saying or anything else. It's a lot of screaming and yelling and, and noises and shit falling apart. <clears throat> and it's, uh, oh, it's just killer. Yeah, I th- so. that song, Closer and uh, More Human Than Human. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the beginning of it, the beginning of it is, and then there's that sample yeah, from a, yeah. a porn clip. It's a, it's a Jenna Jameson porn clip. Trying to remember which one it is. Down 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 it's more about the build up in that one yeah, too. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Or uh or uh, uh what's the one he had the part one and part two? Um Electric Head. Electric Head's a really good one, the part mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Where it starts off with that real long symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps you better start at the beginning. Yeah. Perhaps you better start at the beginning. That was good. All right. Uh let's close out the first half. You wanna hang out for bonus or you gotta go? I have to head out tonight, unfortunately. All right, all right. you do your thing, kiddo. All right, Justin Ruppel, uh, where where can people catch you? They can catch me uh, this weekend at the Federal Bar on uh, Friday and then uh, Formosa on Saturday. And, uh, Formosa! Where Mitch tore the fucking house down. Oh, and uh, then the next week, unfortunately, I'm out of town. Oh, so, really? Where are you going? Going, doing some shows up the coast of uh, Washington, Oregon. So Sweet, man. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, well, you should fun. probably, you know, we have Washington, Oregon listeners. You could probably plug those. Uh, it's an in, there are a couple of Indian casinos that I cannot, Quinault Casino, I believe, is one of them. Quinault Casino. Do you have like a list somewhere online people could check? Absolutely. Go ahead to my website, justinruppel.com, or add me on Facebook, and uh, I will keep you updated. It's J-U-S-T-I-N-R-U-P-P-L-E.com. Bingo bongo. Rock on, motherfuckers. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. With uh, Teddy Tutson. Back with Teddy Tutson and a guest for a change. See you then. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Straight Riffin. You can catch all past and future episodes at riffin.net. That's R-I-F-F-I-N dot net. You can support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Since Apple can't track our downloads, they have no way of knowing how popular the show is. But if you rate and review the show itself, we go up in the ratings, gets us a bigger audience, makes us super happy. Ideally, you could go also to Riffin.net and click on either the Amazon.com banner or moving the banner into your toolbar of your browser, which makes a link that says Amazon.com. When you click that and shop on Amazon, we get a little kickback. The experience is all the same for you, but it makes a world of difference to us. Both myself, Mitch, and Teddy have albums available that you can purchase online. You can also get those links right on the Riffin.net homepage. You can follow either of us on Twitter, RevMitch, R-E-V-M-I-T-C-Z, and Teddy is at Hater for Hire. We have a Facebook page for Straight Riffin that you can also become a fan of. Just search for Straight Riffin on Facebook. We'll be back again with another episode of Straight Riffin on Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, I have no idea what time that is in your area. So keep an eye out on the Riffin.net homepage and riff the fuck on.